We would be honored if you would join us. Ojaba. Ojaba. Hello, hello, hello. Hello there. Hi. And hello. And welcome to Thule Squadron Radio. My name is Kiesley. My name is Jan. And I am Maid. So, you heard a uh, not so familiar voice there. It's not not Haukon, is it? I don't think it's Haukon. I mean, he's still off to this reclusive getaway, getting ready for some important, I don't know, something in the start of February. Mm, true. So, whose voice is it? Did we introduce the guy? I think Let's we should. That. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy we mentioned uh, our last episode. We talked about him. And we decided to get him on the episode. We have uh, extremely X-Wing famous Bohan Lee. So how are you, Bohan? I'm doing well, thank you. Nice. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying this correctly, right? It's Bohan. Yeah, Bohan. Yeah. Absolutely. Great. So how are you? And, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, it's been a pretty busy week. And uh, uh, honestly, I, I just only getting back into X-Wing uh, now, uh, playing in this sort of uh, local tournament. It's uh, run by Andrew Durham. Yep. It's called the Natty's uh, Tournament. And uh, I'm uh, doing pretty poorly in that tournament. My, you know, my flying end is a little bit rusty and my dice luck hasn't been uh, very favorable either. So it's uh, it's been pretty rough so far, but I'm trying to just get back into things. So, the rest so, so what you're saying, you... You took a part in a tournament and you stirred the pot like crazy, and then you took a time off. <laughs> well, was... Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, that's what that's what cool guys do, right? We don't look at explosions. <laughs> no, uh, walk off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> walk away. So, uh, walk actually, away. it's kind of funny. So, I, I tend to uh, I tend to go into a little bit of uh, X-wing hibernation after I win a big event. So. I had to kind of like even pull myself back a little bit for for the Galactic Championships, but then it was like, all right, I'm going to take a little break. And yeah. Now I'm just like trying to rouse myself a little bit. You take a break after you big win a big tournament. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's <laughs> I what I break. seem to like to do. Yeah. No, no, I'm just thinking because <laughs> there are four of us, and three of us have actually never won a big tournament. <laughs> 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 well, to be fair, I am one and zero against you. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't remember <laughs> where we played, but um, it, it, that it, might be true. It was at Worlds. <laughs> it, we were playing uh, in a in a pot. I remember. Oh we, yes! we both had had our Worlds list. Yeah, we were in the same pot. That's right. Yes, yes, and uh, yeah, you guys uh, really kicked my butt really good in that in those pods. <laughs> it actually uh it was actually really helpful i know some friends who were um you know kind of just like playing not really taking them seriously you know kind of like 
uh, farming points, but I found it really good practice to wake me up before Worlds. Uh, I would not have done as well as I did if I had just gone into a cold. Nice. So you're saying it's it's uh, it's because of us. You did so well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That was entirely you guys. Hey, entirely. Do you, you hear that? Yeah. We're the reason. <laughs> Win, yeah. So, so it, it's sort of like boxers, where you sort of you find some weaker boxer that you can <laughs> spar against just before the final match, yeah. to sort of boost your confidence. Yes, I, I, I don't know if it's that. I, I think it's more like you know, I got my butt kicked, and then I realized I had to wake up a little bit <laughs> and uh, play better for the actual thing. <laughs> well, to be fair, I was flying my triple phantom list, and I still hadn't lost against Kylo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that game. Yeah, that was pretty tough, and uh, I think I had I had like one chance where I needed Tapson to do damage, and then he mm-hmm. did. And I was like, "Oh, that's <laughs> this game is going to be hard," and then yeah. uh, and then you wipe me off the board. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we have some guest questions, like our yes. regular guest questions. They're not excellent. They're not horrible. So, um, Jan, do you want to start yeah. those off? Or... No, because I don't know the guest questions. I haven't been around long enough. I barely remember when you asked me about the guest questions. Okay, okay. First question. Uh, so, who is Boham? Where are you from? And what yeah. makes you X-Wing special? Like, why are you here? What makes me X-Wing yeah. special? <laughs> the best kind oh, of special. You can say um, X-Wing famous this time, I think. Yeah, you yeah, see? yeah. yeah. Sure. Because, I mean, you don't have to placate to some, you know, guest who is not actually X-Wing famous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'm not yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I guess, so, okay, so I'm a, I'm an X-Wing player in, uh, formerly it was London, Ontario, and now I'm actually in Kitchener, although uh, I haven't really played in, in Kitchener that much. So for those of you who don't know, uh, this is uh, in Ontario. It's um, a little bit outside of Toronto, so the, the greater Toronto area. And uh, that's sort of where I, I you know, kind of play on. Um, so I think my first uh, claim to fame was when I won uh, Canadian Champs uh, or Canadian Nationals in 2017, and uh, then I flew uh, I flew um, uh, Kane and Biggs, and uh, that was a fun list. I uh, had a crazy run to, to win it, and uh, I think more recently I you know I created this um, uh, this uh, ship efficiency model. And uh, I think we're going to be talking about that. Uh, but one of the things that uh, I noticed when using this model was recently uh, in, one of the, in that previous change, uh, the strength of the Petronaki Arena Ace, uh, which is the initiative for Nantex. And I kind of uh, ran that at Corellia, and I won that tournament. And then that kicked off... Uh, winter or fall, I guess, of uh, Nantex domination for a while until things uh, got an emergency nerf. Yeah. Wait, we saw Haukon is here. He just locked in. Oh. Haukon? Hello, Haukon. Well, but he does He does usually show up if we have, you know, properly famous guests. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think he's been on since since last time Ollie was on, so... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, gotta be selective, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Well, uh, he's probably... right, I'm glad I'm famous enough that I can uh, draw such an esteemed uh, proceedings <laughs> to the show. <laughs> so, All right. Rohan, uh, uh, what's your favorite spaceship just in Star Wars in general? Not, not necessarily in X-Wing? Mm -hmm. I guess I have to go with um, probably the classics. I mean, I think the you know, X-Wing is uh, you know, one of my favorites and you know, I think I, the biggest thing was I, I really got into it through the uh, through the video games, right? So the you know, like Rogue Squadron with mm -hmm. the X-Wing, or like Tie Fighter, you know, with yeah. like the Tie Defender. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think those two are, are probably my favorites. Okay. Classic, classic. Uh, what uh, do you have any faction of choice when you when you're playing? Yeah, great question. So I, I actually really don't. I, I try to fly strong lists and strong ships. So I think, um, you know, before this, during the 2019 world season, it was definitely uh, First Order, where I flew Kylo, Quickdraw, and Tassin. Mm -hmm. Then uh, more recently, I was, you know, flying the Nantex or like, you know, the Sinar Specialists. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I know I, I kind of like, you know, dabble around. Yeah. Uh, do you play lists like, uh, I mean, Usually, people are are some sort of uh, they're either aggressive or uh, passive players, or even like mad scientist, janky kind. Do you have any preferences there? I, I would venture guess and say he would be a calculative player. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I mean you can be calculative in in all those cases. True. Mm -hmm. Even if you're, I think I think passive. I do like. I do like ships that have a, a good offense uh, or, or lists that have a strong offense. Yeah. Um, but I, I try to be flexible. You know, I, I try to be able to fly both uh, AC lists and, you know, sort of more traditional Jousty lists. I, you know, just for, for, for broadness and, and to, to have an idea of how these different lists try to fly, right? But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, overall, I, I think I, uh, I do like ships that have a, a good offense. And do you, do you have any superstitions while you're playing? Um, I don't actually think I do. Uh, no, uh, I do find it frustrating sometimes when you know, uh, you know, an opponent has like you know a three agility ship or something, and they dodge all my shots. But you know, that comes with a nice game. Sometimes that happens. So, sure. big question here. Big question. So, if you were an upgrade in a game, what upgrade would you be? Ooh. So can I can I have a ship? Because I've actually thought about this, and I have a an interesting answer for a ship. Sure, do it. Yeah. Uh, so actually, one of the things, um, one of the types of ships I actually like, and maybe this, you know, I, I should have said this for the previous one is I really like ships that are very strategic, uh, where you know there's a lot of ships that are very tactical. You know, you can reposition them in them, but like. Mm -hmm. Both like, you know, Tavson, for example, and uh, back, you know, Kanan Biggs, the list I flew back in 1.0 uh, during that, during the uh, Canadian Nationals, you know, these are ships that are like, you know, these are lists that you really can't, you know, reposition very easily, or you, you're kind of limited in how you can do that. So, you know, it ends up being very strategic where, you know, your, each of your choices have a lot of, you know, implications in the future, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so I would actually say that for, for this, um, I think a flavorful pilot for me would be an Upsilon shuttle. And uh, the ability would be that um, so I have calculated instead of focus. And when I calculate, I get four calculate tokens. Ooh. But if I'm not calculating, I can't shoot. Okay. 
I see. Wow. That would be an interesting thing. <laughs> it would really be. Yeah, and I think it's it's very flavorful, right? Both because, you know, I, I have this model, which is, you know, <laughs> calculating and uh, also because, you know, it's a very, it would be a very strategic shift that you would have to like plan ahead and, and yeah. really think about uh, where you're putting it. Absolutely. You really don't want to get blocked. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you don't. <laughs> okay, so we have a, well, it's not, it's not a new question. It's, uh, we, have, we are asked a little bit before so do you know that game like fmk like <laughs> we ha we have a new one like we pick three ships or or pilots and one of them oh. you one of them you have to nerf <laughs> one of them you have to beef up and the third you will have to remove from the game completely remove from the game yeah wow okay so All right. we have we have three ships here so it's 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 kylo Kylo Ren. Okay. It's the Petronaki Ace. And it's the <laughs> senior specialist in the Tigresser. So oh my gosh. One has to be beefed up, one has to be nerfed, and the other one removed from the game completely. Oh my gosh. Okay, so so here's the trouble. Um <laughs> two of these ships, I think Kylo and this designer specialist are probably really strong already. And so if they get buffed again, it's going to be pretty crazy. Um, so the only one left would be the Petronaki Ace. Uh, so that one, that one, yeah, let's let's give that one a little buff. Um, I don't remember where it currently sits. Uh, let me just take a look at it, actually. Uh, Petronaki Arena Ace. Uh, yeah, you know, I think my, you know, it's it's probably pretty fair at its current price. So, you know, if we drop it down to like thirty four or something, it's probably you know it'd be good, but it, it won't be like well, it, it won't be impressive. Doesn't have to be a price buff or nerf. I mean, you could add add a slot or take a slot away or something, something like that. Right, right, okay, yeah, but even then, I, I would say like. Um, you know, if if we're saying actually a meaningful buff, like instead of something that that doesn't yeah. really you know, do much, I, I would you know I, I have to go with the Petronaki Arena Ace. I think the other two are actually very strong right now. And if we further buff them, you know, in any meaningful way, it's uh, you know even I think Kylo being stronger would be a lot of fun, but uh, I think <laughs> I think it might get too dominant. So so it has to be the Petronaki uh, Arena Ace for the buff. Madness. Uh, for the nerf. Oh man, because then I have to like remove a ship from the game, right? So I love Kylo too much. Uh, so so I think Kylo maybe a slight nerf, and then we can remove the Sanar specialist because uh, I'm not sure anybody would really care too much. Are you? Kisti would care. Yeah, Kisti would, Kisti would cry. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. Okay, well, well, I think I think from you know from purely a game health perspective, that's how I do it. Okay, so if you if you ask me for my heart, like you know what what I would do. Okay, so I would I would probably buff Kylo. I would probably nerf the Sinar Specialist, and then we can we can get rid of the Petronaki. It's like that's fine. <laughs> sure. I actually but, and Kylo would be way too strong. I, I actually I think like from those from those three. The best choice is to buff Kylo because he's at least unique. Yeah, true. Whereas the other three would uh, any any even a small buff would be a huge buff. What once you spam them. True. So I, like I mean, just give Kylo a hot spot. I mean, we all know that he wants that stealth. <laughs> <Although> that's the <laughs> first. 
Yeah. <laughs> Burn yeah. Burn. Actually, Colin with a Colin with the mod slot would be amazing, right? Because you can get like a shield upgrade or something, and then he has odd health too for half points. Yeah. So that would be fantastic. Or you could get regen on him. Yeah. Or that, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. All of the chips that don't have uh, like uh, mod slots. Kylo would love it. Fen, Fen would absolutely love it. Uh, I, I wonder what would have happened if we had included wait, wait. an in there. Whoa. How con? How con just showed up? Sorry. I've been here the whole time. <laughs> you just haven't said a word. <laughs> wow. That, so, that happens occasionally. Yeah, okay. So, how con? What did you say? I, I said, I, I wonder what would happen what would happen if we had thrown in Upsilon instead of, like, say, the uh, the CNR or something. Oh, the Upsilon would get buffed, 100%. Oh, okay. I really love the Upsilon channel. That wasn't easy. Yeah, so we want to make it hard. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I mean, the Upsilon channel combines, like, the two things I really enjoy, right? It's, it's a ship that has a really strong offense, and it also requires a lot of, you know, strategic thought. So that's, you know, one of my favorite ships in 2.0, even though right now it's uh, it's not that strong, I think. Gotta love those four dice attack. Or even five. Mm. Just natural. That's that's awesome. So, and the uh, weirdest uh, chassis ability in the game. True. <laughs> true. So, uh, any more questions? Guest questions, especially, guys. No, I think oh, wait. That that Bohan Upsilon with that gets the four calculate. That would yeah. actually be pretty good with a sync laser. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it would. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, hmm. would you want to use sync laser though, Honor? I mean, you have four dice on your primary. Yeah, and now you would have a four dice uh, sync laser cannon because the chassis ability gives plus one red dice to cannon. Oh yeah, yeah. I think That's it's only really good if you uh, if you really value taking away that uh, green, you know, the, the range three uh, bonus, right? But yeah. I'm not sure that'd be worth five points, uh, but it'd be worth a try. So, uh, how would you cost that? How would you cost that ability, though? I don't know. Uh, I would have to check, but it's probably not worth very much, to be honest. I, I, I think it depends mostly on the initiative. The initiative is extremely important. Because if it's a high initiative Upsilon, yeah, then it would be very, very easy to block. Mm. And then it would essentially just be sort of weapons disabled or and it would be fine. Yeah, but still, if it was... A oh, sorry, it costing you a slot. Yeah. Yeah, 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 the, the, the one that you would be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I mean, I would... the Bohan Upsilon. So, base, <laughs> yeah, I would... A base star, star base killer, star killer base, sorry, is 58 yeah. right now. But it's not really played, so... So, what would the initiative be? I mean, that's a good question. Um, this is your. I don't know. It could be kind of low. This is your pilot bone, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, okay. So if I was actually in Star Wars, like I would be a terrible pilot, right? So that would be initiative one. 
but um, you know, as, as far as like flying, I don't, I don't think I'm, I don't think you know my in-game decisions are, are that amazing or anything like that. So I could be like initiative three, uh, perhaps. Okay. So then we have Tossum at three, and he is mm-hmm. four. Uh, is it a, is it a better ability than Tossum has? I mean, Tossum has an amazing oh, no. ability. I'm not oh, sure. Oh yeah, no, that's no, that's a huge drawback actually. I mean, I, I would I would say it's I, I I would have to look it up. I mean, basically, uh, you know, if I if I get blocked or anything like that, it's uh it's really bad, right? And uh, mm-hmm. it's probably I mean it's probably going to have to be a big discount actually. Yeah, yeah, and remember that all the other things that an that an upsilon can do with jamming and target locking, yeah, coordinating, that's just off the table unless yeah. you don't want to shoot. So, and and reinforcing. So I'm thinking actually <laughs> make it che- cheaper than a base star killer base. Exactly. Yeah, or, or, or same cost. Yeah, because it's it's possible to block and you won't be able to shoot. So you can mm-hmm. fly pretty aggressively against those against that ship. Yeah. I think I think it would probably be um you know, a good ten or so points. You know, maybe even twenty. You know, or fifteen points below the uh, the base. Mm-hmm. It's probably. I mean, I ha- I'd have to like you know stick it into my model to say for sure, but it's a huge drawback. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely one of those. Uh, you know, it'd be one of those fun ships where like if you fly it well, you can get a lot of value out of it. But there's a lot of counterplay. You know, hopefully it'd be really interesting uh, to play with. Okay, so you're also saying that if it was a generic, you might be able to fly four of them. Uh, well, I mean, clearly it's not a generic. <laughs> clearly not a generic. True. Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, but if it was a generic and you had four of them, I think that would actually be pretty fair. Um, you know, it does seem like it would be one of those things where maybe you have a good initial salvo, but then very quickly uh, the wheels would fall off of that list. Mm-hmm. True. Interesting. Very. Oh, sorry, sorry. It was just a uh, yeah, no, yeah. Just no a tangent. Yep. <laughs> so. Uh, oh wait, does the Upsilon have a sensor slot? Yeah, it does. No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, it does. Okay, no. then I yeah, think that yeah, sensor is pretty much uh, stable to the because then the blocking yeah. stops the question. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Ah, interesting. So it would be like a. It would be like sixty-eight points with uh, <laughs> with advanced sensors. Mm. But field to but, right. So it what was the ability that without calculate you can't shoot? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. But it gives away four calculates. Yes. I like this. I like this. You should be a game presenter, Bohan. <laughs> I uh, I've considered that at times, but uh, doesn't doesn't AMG need uh, game designers for actually now? Nobody um, knows. Nobody <laughs> knows. We know, we don't know. Yet. Uh, yeah, well, Pokemon, uh, yeah. Pokemon, are you guys hiring or? Uh, not not to my knowledge, but that's a different <laughs> department. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's move into the news. Yeah, do we yeah. have any news? Just, just one thing before we do that. I just wanted to say, Jan, uh, there's only one cannon slot on the Upsilon. Yeah, I, I did think of that, but then mm. I had already spoken. That happens okay. a lot with me. Okay, yeah. 
know, I think while I speak, not before. I, I think that's that's sort of like cheating. <laughs> yeah. Well, you at least think while you speak. I, I usually just think after I speak. <laughs> or not at all. <laughs> or just not at all. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Anyway, uh, the news. 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 Only one news this uh, this week. Uh, AMG is going to do a stream on third. So in like a few days on Wednesday next week or this week. This week. No, next next week. Sorry. Yeah. Um, what was the time? Do you remember that? Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I don't remember. Wasn't it like three, three p.m. some American standard something time? At specific time, at least the time that was given. Yeah, at least uh, just go and go see AMG on Facebook or Twitter, or yeah, it also has a Twitch account. Atomic Mass Games, and it's going to be streamed there. So it's going to be... Well, people have been waiting for this. To hear yeah. some news. And, the, and, and it's going to be about all the Star Wars games they've taken. Yes. Yeah. So it's probably not going to be all X-Wing, but given that we have had product releases and some announcements, I think, mm -hmm. for both Amada and Legion, I would expect we get a new wave. Mm-hmm. And I would personally be surprised if that wave does crest. Yeah, true, true. And perhaps a squadron pack. Or... Yeah. Because remember, these these things they're announcing, it's not like something the AMG is expecting. Mm -hmm. This is old yeah. FFT product yeah. uh, that is sort of ready to go. I also wouldn't be surprised if um, if it's like, yeah, and it will be out next month. I mean, I'm not really expecting that, but it wouldn't surprise me too much mm -hmm. um, that this is stuff that where we are beginning to, we will see articles very, very short. Jan, uh, you're cutting out a little bit. Yeah, um, I'm going to change to a different mic. Um, so keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, about those news, uh, uh, what do you think they're going to announce, really? Do we know anything? No. No, I mean, no. But do we need is... to do we need to speculate about it? No, probably not. Yes. No. I I, I kind of think next week is going to be heavy loaded with with speculation. True. Let's get ahead of the train and speculate now. Then. <laughs> okay. So, so my take on it is that we're not going to get a huge announcement. It's going to be more clarifying what can be expected from them, um, uh, rather than it's going to be like a new wave. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not yeah. very optimistic about that, to be honest. True. True. Oops! I, I just violated the announcement. I mean, just to put it in perspective, it's like a, what a, a month ago, <laughs> month and a half. Since they took over, right? No, they're just taking over, like in the beginning of February, I think. Yeah, I think they're formally taking over on the first of February. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, okay, the handover is ongoing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that'll just be. I think it'll just be froth. Then we're taking over Star Wars game. It's gonna be great. We're gonna dwell a bit and the awesome things and this is. This is the next wave that's already been produced. 
something like that. Mm-hmm. True. I think. So, uh, main topic time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ooh. We have a main topic. We awesome. have a main topic, and I mean we that's have why main we topic. have the guest here, the guest who hasn't spoken very much because I guess... I'm wondering if he's still with us. No, 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 <laughs> he's here. He's here. He's he's just being a good guest. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I wonder, are they always talking that much? But Is this actually why? a podcast? Will it, you know, shame my shame myself for being here? I didn't know they were this <laughs> bad, etc. <laughs> I, I felt like I was talking uh, too much already, perhaps. But, uh, no, no, that's why we have guests here. We hate <laughs> our voices, so we need guests. I, I, I mean, we <laughs> talk a lot during the silliness and, and the, the mindless uh, droning, but yeah. when it comes to actual facts and, and, and interesting things, we rely on our guests. Yes. <laughs> True. Any, any content? I'll uh, do my best. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's get into it, Bohan. Um, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about this uh, this model you have. It's last presented uh, in a thing from July, I think, where you yeah. essentially essentially told the whole world that, hey, uh, look at this Petronaki. It's pretty good. <laughs> nobody really paid attention. So then you came out and showed them instead. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think some people had uh, been playing it as well. I mean, I, I ran into the mirror match uh, actually twice uh, at Corellia. Um, but oh, uh, yeah, and and I had actually played it at a tournament beforehand. Um, you know, uh, one of the local um, Ontario tournaments uh, online, and uh, I, you know, I lost the game uh, again. I had some bad decisions and also some bad dice luck. Uh, but overall, yeah, it was, uh, you know, so it, it, had, it wasn't a complete surprise, but uh, it seemed like people only really started paying attention to it uh, after Corellia. Well, people need someone to blame, right? I'll take <laughs> it. <laughs> it's fine. It came with a win, so. That's right. So, um, for those who don't know, uh, and I, I tried to look at a little bit on, on this model, so uh, please, uh, you know, correct me if I'm saying anything that's wrong, Bohan. But you're basically trying to sort of calculate what is the actual value of a ship, how many points is it actually worth, and then compare it to the current cost, and thereby solving sort of mm-hmm. one of the root objectives of list building: what is the most broken or undercosted thing that is there. Yeah, that's exactly right. And um, the idea here was, um, you know, again, it's, it's. You know, I think we'll talk a little bit about this uh, going forward. But it's like, you know, how do we figure out what the what the strongest ships are? And so here, the model just tries to, uh, you know, calculate how effective each ship is, and then says, okay, so if if we take the ship's effectiveness and then we divide it by the points, you know, the existing points. And let's say, you know, we can get like an average or median points uh, per effectiveness, you know, how much you should be paying per unit of effect of ship effectiveness. And then using that, we could say, okay, how much should the, would these ships actually cost if everything was benchmarked, you know, where you were paying the same for, for uh, each unit of, of effectiveness. Mm-hmm. And then when you're list building, you can obviously pick the ones that 
you know, give you the biggest bang for the buck. And then you can play with a 220 point list or maybe even a 240 point list as, uh, yeah. as opposed to a 200, like, let's say five point list or a 210 point list. And you can just start each game with a huge advantage. So it's actually just money balling excellent. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit like that. You know, you can also think of it as, you know, you're trying to, you know, get extra, start with extra pieces in chess or something like that. Mm -hmm. True. So, uh, when you, you say effectiveness, but what kind of things do you actually end up modeling? I mean, I look through the sheet and I mean, every time I go in, I say like, oh, okay, here's a number for, you know, jousting value or 1v1 uh, effectiveness or, or whatever. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder what this is. Then there's a formula. Then I <laughs> dig down and then I find another set of formulas and I dig down. And I mean, so because clearly it's not just, you know, how good does this thing joust? Uh, it seems that there's more to it. So, so what kind yeah. of things does the model take into consideration? Yeah, that's a great question. And maybe here it's, uh, it's good if I go into sort of the history of how this sheet started. Uh, because this was, uh, it started very simply. And uh, the basic idea was that, you know, right when 2.0 came out, um, I had this thought where I was like, oh, I'm going to just uh, rate every single pilot for like how strong they are, right? And some people are already like doing, you know, like some other content creators have been uh, doing that. And I was like, you know, I'm going to throw my hat in. Mm -hmm. And I very quickly realized that that was impossible without some sort of like consistent metric or model, right? And literally like where, where I started was I started like outlining just the rebels. Like, you know, try to even like when I started trying to list all the pilots in the, in, you know, in the rebel faction, I was like, oh, this is, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a disaster. This is not feasible. Uh, so at the very beginning, what I did was I just was calculating the durability of each ship. Yeah. Right, so ships have different statistics. They have hull, they have shields, they have uh, agility. You know, these three things factor into the ship's durability. And oftentimes, it can be hard to evaluate how tanky a ship is uh, just by looking at it. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to just rank all these ships by durability, and maybe I can, you know, divide things up into whether they have two attack, three attack, or four attack. Uh, but you know, I, I'm just going to rank them. And you know, stuff like bombardment uh, missiles. Um, that's not the right term but like the the Cl cluster missiles yeah or the the one the barrage rockets sorry barrage rockets no. that's ah, yeah uh, yeah so like tie bombers or barrage rockets we can stick it to three attack right even though it's not quite a bad ship and so it started with that um and i had actually done something like that for 1.0 and, and wrote a, a thing on my blog about it uh so it started with that and then i was like okay so I can move on from here because I can pretty easily calculate the offensive output of the ship, right? So I can say like, okay, I can assume, you know, how often you have a range one, range two, and range three attack. And then I could, you know, just calculate, you know, based on, uh, you know, your ship's uh, attack value, how, how much damage output it puts out on average, right? So I can say, okay, an X-Wing, it has four dice at range one, three dice at range uh, two, and then it has uh, three dice at range three, but it has it gives the opponent that extra defensive uh, green die, right? Whereas the the barrage rockets, well, you get the three dice at range one, two, and three, and it doesn't have that extra range bonus, right? So I can I can calculate the expected uh, damage output, and then from there I can just like multiply the two and say here's how much damage the ship's going to put out over the course of this, right? Mm -hmm. And so it started from there, and then. Um, from there, I, I you know I had known before about Mathwing, which was Major Juggler's project to 
uh, look at jousting efficiency in 1.0. Mm-hmm. And so I took a look at that. And uh, basically, you can't just, you don't want to just compare um, the ship's total output, uh, damage output over the course of its life, right? Uh, because well, if you think about it, it's better to have two ships of half health than one ship that has the, you know, twice as much health because your two ships are shooting twice as much. Mm-hmm. So if it was the case that, you know, if this was like an action movie where the hero can fight the bad guys one-on-one every single time, well, then it would be equivalent. But, you know, here we, uh, we usually are not, you know, we try not to be, uh, you know, make things so easy for the aces, you know, or the heroes, we try to focus fire. And because of that, you, you basically have to take what's approximately the square root of that balance. It's not quite the square root, but basically it's a square root. Yeah. And so, so that gets you the jousting effectiveness, right? And so this, this uh, sheet basically started purely from just calculating jousting efficiency of each ship, uh, where I, I take the damage output and the, I take the number of uh, shots that the ship survives, I multiply them, and then I take the square root, that's the jousting efficiency. And then it sort of it sort of grew from there because my friends are like, well, th- this jousting efficiency is great, but it doesn't really answer my questions of like how good these ships are. You have to take into account like repositioning. And so I was like, fine, you know, repositioning requires some more, you know, it's, it's you know, it, it takes some judgment about how to include that. But basically, I decided that I'm going to model it as the ship gets like, just extra shots, right? The, it just it's just like more effective. It just lives longer. Um, and so, you know, I, I include a multiplier uh, for basically how much repositioning options it has. And uh, so that's also included. And then, you know, there's additional stuff like blocking, which is also included. And uh, any sort of special abilities that affect, um, you know, the ship's durability or whatever is, uh, you know, it's fairly easy to include. Uh, just because, you know, if it affects durability or, or damage output, that's just very straightforward. That just affects its jousting value. And then sometimes it has um, support abilities that uh, help your other ships survive longer. And that's like an additional thing that's, that's modeled a little bit separately. Uh, but yeah, so, so all these things, you know, eventually just, just by my friends being like, hey, I, want, I also want to know, you know, uh, what happens if you include this. Uh, this sheet just grew and grew and grew. And this is kind of the process of any sort of modeling or you know, any sort of scientific work as well, where you start with something that's very simple and then over time you try to account for more and more. Uh, but that's sort of what uh, the sheet has evolved into. Cool. Yeah, I can imagine that it is sort of, you just, you go down the rabbit hole only to find three more rabbit holes down there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so how much is this, you know, um, at some point, right, you have to sort of sit down and say, well, this ship has a good dial, this ship has an even better dial, and this ship have a, a worse dial. How do you mm-hmm. how do you deal with that? Is that sort of, uh, let me try to adjust the parameters and see what, what comes out and, and sort of try to balance that with reality? Or is that also a whole process on its own to sort of have it be very fact-based all the way down? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. So dials was one of the things that got requested, and so I added it in. Uh, and actually previously, so, so basically dials get captured in a bunch of different ways inside the model. So I'll go through them each in turn. And the first one is that, you know, I just give each maneuver sort of some value, like, you know, a, a white maneuver that's like a, a you know, straight maneuver is just, you know, is uh, ranked as one. 
And uh, a turn maneuver is ranked slightly lower just because most dials are symmetric. So, you know, it's like 0.75. So, you know, having two turn maneuvers is not quite as good as, you know, twice the value of a straight maneuver. And then blue maneuvers, I say, are like, you know, 1.25 is good. Uh, red maneuvers uh, kind of depends based on your, uh, how many blue maneuvers you have in those things. So, you know, and then I just like add up your, your, your dial compared to a benchmark dial, let's say the uh, uh, Zen95 dial, I think is what I use as the benchmark. And then because I'm not really confident, you know, this is kind of an ad hoc adjustment factor, right? So I basically like, I basically compress this, this, this ratio down to one. I basically like raised it to, I think the one sixth power or something like that. So it's like the sixth root of it. And basically that, that, you know, forces the number to be pretty close to one. And so it's just, it's just like a slightly, uh, uh, you know, a slight adjustment onto, onto the ship's value. Mm -hmm. uh, so you might say, okay, um, can you actually benchmark this against something? Uh, so I, I ended up taking a look at, you know, what this, um, uh, how this affects the ship's value in a couple ways. One is that, you know, for the most part, it adds or subtracts between 5% of its value or about 5% of the ship's value, which is, you know, seems to be kind of reasonable. You know, it doesn't seem to be a huge swing, uh, but it can be pretty meaningful. And the second thing is that um, you can kind of think of the tie striker dial as you know, the the tie striker ship ability, the uh, yeah. aileron ability, as either um, kind of like a boost that is mandatory, or as like extra maneuvers, right? It's like it's like extra uh, options on your dial. Right. And when I compare those, you know, using using the valuation, they actually come pretty close. And you know, obviously, I want the uh, the dial one to be better, uh, and it is. Uh, so so that's um, you know how I kind of benchmark that part. And that's probably the most ad hoc part of it. Uh, the other parts include, um, so ships with front arcs or ships with back arcs, sometimes um, the value of the front arc or the back arc depends on your dial as well. So the specific, the biggest uh, one is that if you don't have a K-turn, then your front arc uh, just gets devalued because, yeah. you know, you just can't have as much time on target, right? Uh, so, you know, a Noobsalon shuttle gets a big... Uh, penalty to its uh to to the amount of times it gets to shoot just because it you know it doesn't have a k-turn and then there's some additional ones like it also affects the probability that you have actions uh so if you um if you don't have one straight i assume that you you have um, you know five percent fewer chance of getting actions if you have a full set of blue maneuvers you know uh both turns banks and, and straight then you um you you i assume that you get more actions and uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think those are, uh, oh, the last one is that if you have a full set of blue maneuvers, um, you also get to use uh, abilities which force you to take a stress or force you to do a blue maneuver uh, much more frequently. So you get that benefit more often. Yeah. So yeah, those are so, the four so, ways. So like, a, so like a lot who has a red reinforce doesn't yeah, help. It, 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 it isn't valued that high, high because it only has one and two straight blue. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think the bigger one would be like, you know, if you're, um, you know, if you're somebody with a linked action, like, you know, the Belbel lab doesn't have a full set of um, blue maneuvers versus, you know, so, you know, <laughs> I think anybody who's flown a Belbel lab has, you know, taken that linked focus and, and then regretted it the next turn. Uh, whereas, you know, we know that Soontier or somebody, um, or somebody like the, uh, uh, the Thai V1 advance, you know, like the Inquisitors, uh, you can pretty much just take the linked action every time. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, another thing I noticed uh, is that you don't just model uh, pilots. You, you usually model 
pilots with a specific upgrade in in a lot of cases. Like there's mm-hmm. in your sheet, you can find Kylo, but you can also find supernatural Kylo modeled as a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. how do you decide uh, which of those sort of pilot upgrades that you want to include? Yeah, that's a great question because obviously I can't include all of them, right? <laughs> the number of combinations gets too much. Um, but I think, uh, you know, the, the ones that are obvious, uh, I do try to include. So, Gurry, uh, there's a big difference between Gurry having a... Oh, sorry. What? Oh, cool. You're being a nuisance. Am I? <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. okay. I'm, I'm not saying anything, though. No, it's just some um, background noises, something. Oh, Okay. Yeah, no worries. So just getting back to that real fast. Yeah, um, yeah. So someone like Murray uh, obviously performs very differently with advanced sensors uh, compared to without advanced sensors, right? Yeah. So, you know, anything that has like a transformational upgrade like that, or um, sometimes a lot of upgrades, they actually, it's like you actually have a different ship, right? And the, the biggest example is Delta 7B, where if you have Delta 7B on a Jedi, it's very, it's a very different ship compared to if you have you know, CLT or nothing. Mm-hmm. And very similarly, if you have Special Forces Gunner on, um, on a, a Thai Special Forces, you know, that's very different from if you don't, right? So any sort of transformational upgrades like that um, mm-hmm. are, are just important to include. Uh, but obviously, and sometimes, uh, so I think, you know, somebody was asking about Sloan at one point. Sometimes I, I try to, uh, you know, figure out how much an upgrade should cost. And the only way I can do that is by throwing it on a ship and then seeing how much it adds, right? So I can see yeah. that okay, Sloan on a ship cost, you know, it's just ridiculously, is ridiculously, you know, worth more than, you know, nine points as it was before, 12 points, you know, now even. Uh, so, you know, I might, I might not, you know, look at it for every ship that can take Sloan, but I might just throw it on one ship just to see how much, you know, it should cost for that ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think Sloan is actually kind of interesting because it must be really hard to model. Because there's a lot of difference in effect. I mean, whether you put Sloan on 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 a ship and then put it alongside two other ships, or you put yeah. it alongside six other ships, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do have to make uh, so so um, ships that have uh, ally buffs. Uh, I just assume that those ships are you know they just get the benefit from their uh, the extra damage that their allies do. Right, so for Sloan or somebody like Hellrunner, right? I just assume I just give them credit for dealing extra damage. And uh, for Sloan specifically, there there are a few different things. Right, one's the stress, where uh, you know I kind of model the stress as just extra damage uh, onto opponent ships, and then there's the rerolls, which are you know, fairly straightforward to model. But yeah, I do have to make some assumptions. And here, I think I was pretty conservative, where I assume the Sloan, you you know, your ship benefits from it, but you're also buffing two other ships that you know. Uh, have three attack and has focus. And, okay. you know, you can tweak that too. Uh, I can, you know, change uh, what that is. And obviously for Hellrunner, it's, you know, it's, it's like, I think it's, um, I would have to take a look exactly what it was, but I think it was something like four or five ships that have uh, two attack and focus. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I just make some assumptions and, and oftentimes I'll have multiple entries where they're buffing different things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's basically how I account for it. Okay. That's pretty cool. I can actually yeah. also see it that with with some of them, like Sloan, you have little notes like what are your assumptions on mm-hmm. on what they're what they're next to. 
Exactly. And I think the, the biggest one here is actually Aiden. Aiden Versio, the uh, the TIE fighter that, that takes a shot from somebody else yeah. where you know, I assume that she basically buffs, you know, protects Howrunner uh, as one of the versions. And then mm -hmm. that version, you know, gets the credit for the extra buff, you know, the extra Howrunner buff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you actually, uh, you know, that one, you know, Aiden's, that item is actually uh, pretty efficient. So, um, if you do you think about you know meta concerns like I mean uh, right now we have you know rather large uh, list sizes we have a lot of free agility uh, that you are likely to face in swarmy or sort of five to seven ships um, so wouldn't they influence like the value of, of certain things um, because I mean if you look at a ship like supernatural Kylo in a in a re republic ace driven meta then he would be like really good if he has the bit and he ends up in a one on one at the end but with you know seven ships uh, flying against him with free agility then it's quite unlikely that he will get to have a one on one matchup in the end mm -hmm. yeah that's a great point and that's a thing i've actually uh, thought about quite a bit and uh, it's something that uh, mark de bruin who you know talk about with this uh, as based and you're absolutely right and um as an example of this i'll actually uh say that um so so let me first say actually how the model works so the model kind of assumes uh kind of like a maybe an ideal meta or like a, a roughly equal meta so it's not necessarily tailored to this you know to a specific meta now i could you know there's some parameters that i can change right and that would uh, that would do it, uh, but you know, for for the generic version, it's kind of tailored to like a generic meta. Um, but you know, and this and the, as part of this, you know, there's some assumptions about how often um, you know you see ships of each uh, agility type, uh, how often you see ships of each attack type, how often you see ships of each initiative. Uh, I do have something uh, that's more hard coded, which is the number of shots that each ship takes. And the problem with changing that is just that like. You know, there's some um, abilities that interact weirdly with that. And so, like, I had to kind of hard code those. So it, it's sort of set at two. And the other thing that I can tweak is, like, how good repositioning abilities are, right? So in a, in a meta where there's more ships, um, you know, it's kind of like almost like uh, an escalation league where, you know, now there's actually a, a higher points budget available if uh, generic ships are more efficient. Uh, so then, you know, I could, put, I could potentially tweak the, um, the repositioning value lower mm. right so so these are all options that i can do and a specific example for where this can come into play is um i think in a previous meta i was looking at boba fett and depending on how many initiative six ships there are in the meta boba fett's value can actually change up you know by like a pretty significant margin you know not a huge margin but like definitely by like three or four points or something like that and in hyperspace there were many fewer initiative six uh, initiative six ships yeah. and so he was much more valuable there yeah yeah so you could almost you know have your model feedback on itself like i mean exactly as, as, you can, you assume can, you can... that the number of enemy ships you meet is probably going to be based on if it's a really cheap ship that is the most efficient in the model right now then everything else should be calibrated to that or something i don't know it's probably not worth it. yeah that would that would require more tweaks and, and some manual adjustments um so so the number of ships is one thing that is probably the hardest to change the you know, sorry the number of shots that you expect to take every turn 
Mm-hmm. That's probably the hardest thing to change. But you're right. Um, I, for the other stuff like initiative, that's actually fairly straightforward to change. I can actually, you know, it's a parameter in a backup sheet and I can just tweak that. That's super interesting, uh, Bohan. Uh, now, I've obviously come from a very sort of different approach uh, in solving the same, you know, what is the broken stuff uh, with, with Pink Pain Matter where you look at, you know, tournament performance. But it's funny because you when you do that, you run into all kinds of issues. Like, uh, what about the things that are good, but nobody's bringing it anyway? Like, when the... Um, when the Jedi or and the Separatist came out in Wave 3, they were not seeing a lot of tournament play in the first sort of two months. Uh, and it was not because they were overcosted at that time. They were fine. Um, so, um, so that is just, you know, you, you, it's hard to discover, you know, things that other people haven't already discovered uh, because you can only see the results. And there's the other variant, right, that this just came out. It is probably good, but I don't have any data because it's so new. Um, so, And there's things like that. Then you have things like, on the other hand, if something is way too popular, then it's very hard to judge whether it's good. Like um, mm-hmm. like Wedge, right? Um, he always, whether he's good or not, he's always going to end up near the 50% performance mark because yeah. you have people of all skill levels that bring him and they may not bring good stuff with him always and so on so it's hard to get a really good uh, uh, measure so too much is not good too little is not good either so it always ends up with the things I do we are sort of very descriptive Um, and usually uh, I can tell you when a meta is no longer relevant i.e. when the next point when the new point chain has come out I can tell you exactly what was good the last meta. But that's not really useful for list building. So uh, what do you think, you know, you're sort of more predictive, right? That says, well, the model says this should be good. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what kind of issues do you you feel like you run into uh, in comparison? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think uh, this is actually one where, where my training come, kind of comes in because in economics, you kind of deal with very similar issues, right? And uh, so sometimes, you know, you can run experiments and things are really nice, or sometimes you get a natural experiment of some type, but uh, sometimes you can't. So, you know, I think, I think here it's one of those things where, you know, for, for any sort of like model like mine, right, which comes from a place of theory as opposed to straight up, um, uh, straight up, you know, it's, uh, from the data, uh, you do have to still like make sure that it, it ties back into the data, right? So if your model gives you something completely weird um, that doesn't match with the tournament results at all or anything like that, then you should probably be very suspicious. Of, you know, there's probably something wrong with the model, right? And you, mm-hmm. you should tweak it or change it or whatever to be to be closer to to what uh, to what happens. Uh, but you're absolutely right that you know I think I actually wrote an article. Um, on my blog that's, you know, sort of talks about difficulties with trying to get uh, to draw conclusions from tournament results. And simply put, there's a lot of, you know, issues with, you know, player skill kind of running into that. Mm -hmm. And also just that we don't have a lot of, um, we don't have a lot of data out there. Uh, And even, you know, 
even more importantly is that there's a lot of different options. Uh, so, you know, certainly even within the tournaments, you know, not every ship is being tried. So uh, it's really hard to, to draw conclusions from there. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I think um, an example of this would be uh, where, where I had to like tweak the model closer was uh, one of the first iterations, you know, I was, um, I was trying to include the arc dodging uh, as a value, right? And uh, the model was saying that uh, Sabine in the attack shuttle is like one of the best arc dodgers. And then Turfanir too, like Turfanir was also one of the best arc dodgers in the game, right? So obviously that's not the case. Enough initiative, right? Right, and so, so what I was doing was I was saying that, you know, I was actually including that it would only arc dodge stuff that was below initiative three and initiative three half the time, right? So I was already including that, and I was saying, okay, this this only gets value, you know, when when you're when you're facing up against initiative three stuff, right? So it was still even then saying that Sabine and you know Turfanir and, and those things are the best arc dodgers in the game, and so that's one where I had to go back and tweak, and I had to say, okay, no, um, it turns out that arc dodging cheap stuff is not worth as much as arc dodging you know, uh, higher initiative stuff, or in other words, um, maybe it's more the value of certainty. You know, if you're, if you're more likely to be certain that your ship is moving last, that's worth way more than less, like a 50% chance that your ship is moving last, right? So basically I, I actually square the probability or maybe it's even, even higher now and uh, that, that your ship, um, you know, the, the probability that your ship is moving last. And so, you know, that's one where I had to draw from the data and be like, okay, you know, the model is clearly telling us something that is not that we're not experiencing. So I'm going to have to tweak it. Mm -hmm. That's 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 quite interesting uh, mm -hmm. because I guess also things like how is the bid, what initiative spread is common in a given meta, is mm -hmm. something that changes, right? It, I mean, it's not going to revolutionize every six months, but it's sort of slowly going to drift. Like right now, initiative is drifting yeah. down. I4 is much more meaningful than it was 12 months ago, mm -hmm. etc. Um, so I, I think that is uh, and I think that, that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also where, like, you know, again, the model doesn't account for that directly, right? I, I have to, you know, it sort of hard codes in a set of assumptions about initiatives and sure I can change it to match new uh, to match new conditions, but that's also where sort of the understanding of how ship evaluation happens, you know, part of the value from having this model is that I can also know where sort of its cracks are and where, you know, what sort of the assumptions are, right? And so like, you know, I can come in with these principles that, okay, you know, if these ships are, um, you know, if initiative is trending down, then these ships that are like initiative four, initiative three that have really high, um, repositioning values, well, the model doesn't, you know, charge them a lot for it. Mm -hmm. And so maybe it rates them as pretty good, but now it's actually really, really good. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, that's so cool. Very, yeah, very interesting. Can you throw, I guess you can, you could throw your model at an entire list. I mean, just put in each ship and then add up the, the point value. <laughs> yeah, so so that's a great question. So obviously you can you can list build that way, right? Uh, you just take the most expensive stuff, and I have done that, right? Or sorry, the best stuff, the most efficient stuff. Uh, I have done that before, uh, but also like there are some issues where you do have to consider how well the ships fit together. 
uh, you know, sometimes if your ships have like different strategies and, and the most obvious one is um, I include a column that's titled DDR. Uh, it's not Dance Dance Revolution. It is uh, durability to damage ratio. And basically this is roughly, you know, sort of it's, you know, the ship's uh, how many shots uh, the ship would it, uh, take from itself, kind of, but it's really against the meta and uh, you know, those things. Mm. Uh, but basically, the idea is if you have a really low DDR, durability to damage ratio, then your ship is like glass cannon, right? Whereas if it's like a really high durability to damage ratio, your ship is kind of like a tank. And the idea is like, unlike uh, an RPG where your tanks can draw aggro and then your, your DPS, you know, your glass cannons can shoot safely. Well, here uh, you're playing against an opponent and, you know, other than bigs or something, you, you don't have taunt effects, right? So you're, you're a, a smart opponent is just going to kill your glass cannons immediately and then work on the tanks that, you know, and tanks can't really do anything. And so you actually want ships that are very similar in their durability damage ratio. And uh, so you want to have a list that's entirely of glass cannons or entirely of tanks or like, you know, entirely of, a, of an average value, uh, but not one, you know, not both. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so how much effort does it take? I mean, when you go in and say, um, let's, if you look at the Nantex, for instance, did you just say, well, the Petronaki chassis is is where it's at. It's like super efficient, and then sat down and you know put the model aside and decided what kind of talents you wanted to put on it. Should it be a predator? Should it be, you know, crack? Should it be both? Or do you actually model with different upgrades and so on? And and how much effort does it take mm -hmm. to, you know, say okay, how would uh, I don't know a Petronaki with outmaneuver work? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. So I can, you know, put those in, uh, but coding in like, you know, these special abilities, uh, sometimes it's pretty easy. Sometimes it's, you know, pretty messy. And especially for the Petronaki where there's like, you know, two different firing arcs and like of different values, uh, that, that gets more annoying. Uh, so what actually happened is like, you know, I, I kind of did the thing where I had previously put in, uh, the, you know, I was trying to figure out the value of Crackshot. And so I had previously put in, you know, crack shot on a few ships just to see roughly how many points it was worth. And, you know, on like a, just an X-Wing and a Wedge and like a TIE Fighter. And it was pretty consistently three points. Uh, so, you know, I was like, okay, well, this is probably the best upgrade I can get for, you know, my remaining points. I'm definitely putting crack shot on all of them. And then after that, it was more a matter of... Um, you know, it was more a matter of preference. I had actually tried out like marksmanship in a few games and uh, didn't really like that. And I was like, okay, I, I just want more, you know, dice mods. So I'll just take Predator on half my ships and I'll take a two point bid. Yeah. Yeah. I think Crackshot probably also has values that varies depending on how many red dice you have and how many green dice you're shooting into. Yeah. 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 For sure. And, and I, I was actually surprised to see that it had a very consistent value of three, even across you know a Tie Fighter, an X Wing, and Wedge, right? So like it was actually kind of a surprise that it, it kept a very similar value. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I've seen some math on it where if you shoot, if you are free red dice gun, and mm -hmm. you crack something with free agility, then your primary is actually comparable to proton rockets in output. Mm, wow. Uh, because, I mean, and, and it, the reason it gets better with higher agility is you're more likely to actually be able to use it. Yeah. 
to yeah. have something to cancel. Um, and especially if you're if you're in like range one single modded hmm, with a, a free dice gun, so you roll four dice with crack. That is on average better than shooting a procket single modded. Yeah, I can see that. So. Yeah. But but it becomes super circumstantial, and now you're suddenly also involving like what kind of opponent am I shooting at? And yeah. Mm-hmm. But I do see that at the bottom of your model, you have a lot of these like average damage expected, single modded, double modded, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. is it all like uh, like you sort of weigh the parameters in? Like, well, so many percent of my shots are going to be range three, so many are going to be range two. And it just sort of is a lot of averages, averages, average it out. Yeah, that's that's um, that is correct. So so the, there's a couple ways that it works. Um, for normal attacks, I actually have it separate. So I just say, okay, um, you know, I, I have the flexibility to say, how many dice do you get at range one? How many dice do you get at range two? How many dice do you get at range three? And do you give your opponents the uh, the range three agility uh, bonus? And so, like, just for the normal statistics, I have that. But yeah, it's uh, it really gets you know if if you try to work with that across, um, you know, for special abilities, you know, let's say rerolls or something like that, like pilot abilities or whatever, uh, it gets really messy. And so, so I do also have just the averages. And sometimes as well, you know, it, it gets too messy to like try to, um, you know, just include all of these separately. So I, I would just include like an average value or a value that's close enough. But yeah, you're right. This is a this is one area where it's certainly time consuming to try to like expand because uh, those tables, um, you know, I, I've yet to fully code uh, sort of a dice calculator myself, and I you know, sort of started, but right now I haven't really done anything on that. Uh, but to like create these tables of like expected damage against you know various um, you know with various mods against various uh, defenses or whatever. Uh, I just have to run the probability calculator over and over again, and yeah. so that just is very time consuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, building a dice uh, calculator is surprisingly difficult. And when you start thinking about things like, oh, I want to model crack shot, um, mm-hmm. then it becomes quite hard, actually. Uh, there's yeah. a reason that uh, Gate of Storms doesn't model crack shots. Um, yeah, I've seen yeah. the data from it from like a experimental brands that they decided to not include because it was it was not user friendly mm. um, so but very very yeah. cool so so uh, I mean we have, we've been talking about this uh, this version 1.8 of your model which you made in July mm-hmm. uh, and uh, if our editor remembers it there will be a link in the show notes mm-hmm. um, to the space space owls <laughs> x-wing block where mm-hmm. you where you block um so are you about to how are you are you still doing this is that coming a 1.9 version anytime soon uh yes i am looking at it right now uh so the the hard part with these is um adding new pilots is usually pretty hard so i've already already got the new points in uh and i've got a bunch of the new pilots in i think i just need the v-wing and it might just be the v-wing uh but basically um where it gets time-consuming is uh, anytime when there's a, a pilots with special abilities, you know, I kind of have to code those abilities in uh, directly, and and you know sometimes it's just kind of annoying and messy. And uh, I've been on X-wing hibernation <laughs> for a while, mm-hmm. and uh, also got 
kind of busy more recently with work. So uh, yeah, it's but it's it's pretty close, and uh, I might be able to release it um, sometime soon. We'll see. Okay, can we sneak in a little sneak pre preview for our listeners here? Absolutely. So if I were, let's start with uh, the Dear Rebels. What are the sort of top three things in the Rebel faction I should be looking at? Okay. Uh, so first of all, let me just give you some quick uh, context for how I rate these, uh, the efficiency of these uh, pilots. So I'll have their, their uh, official points in there. Right? And the model will calculate a certain number of points. And the percentage difference is the one that I, I would really rate them on. Yeah, uh, so I, that's, that's I, I, I agree, especially for especially for generics, but but just in general, because yeah. So let me start with uh, rebels. So rebels, this this one's pretty interesting. So my model has always liked uh, Nora Wexley with Leia. Uh, so this yeah. is Art Nora. Yeah, I can see that. I can see yeah. that. I mean, I don't know why people sleep on her. Um, yeah. Yeah, I will say that she is a little bit awkward on her own because she's really tanky, and um, a lot of rebel ships that are good tend to be pretty, you know, glass cannony. Mm -hmm. uh, but she, you know, especially with Leia to, to kind of like, um, you know, give her a bit more threat. She's, uh, you know, my model says she's about twelve or thirteen percent uh, more efficient than the average ship. And just for some context, you know, I, I would say about five percent is, let's say, you know, B tier where it starts getting, you know, competitive. Uh, 10% is, you know, probably like A tier where most ships are. And then, you know, let's say the Petronaki Reno Ace was around 20% or 18%, uh, you know, in its heyday. So that's, uh, you know, what, what you can expect uh, a busted ship to look like. Yeah. I will say that uh, actually, as we are recording this, the, uh, I think the top eight is currently going on in the Gold Squadron Flight Club Alpha Qualifier. And uh, the only Rebel list in there has Nora in the Ark. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Alongside Jake and Han. Ah, sweet. Well, I, I bet they don't have... Uh, they probably don't have Leia in the... Uh, no, in not, the not in that build. Yeah, yeah. But she's, she can still be pretty good. Um, even without it, she's around like 9%. So yeah. my model has always liked her. Mm -hmm. All right, so number two is uh, Kyle Katarn. Also around 12%. Uh, with or without... Um, so it says that with uh, Perceptive Copilot, it's actually a little bit lower, around 10%. But uh, yeah, with, uh, with Multicrow and, uh, and the Perceptive, you know, just Multicrow on its own, uh, it really likes Kyle Katarn. And I think actually the Multicrow buffs uh, really helped it. And there's a bunch of things. Even like Rourke Garnet is uh, rated pretty highly just because the Multicrow title is so efficient. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, and then number three is actually kind of cheeky. Um, number three is actually Wolf Waro, and it's Wolf Waro specifically with some help where you concussion bomb him on turn one to oh. turn on his ability. Yeah. And it's not a huge difference in efficiency. It's actually about like 2%, uh, but it says the model does like it a little bit more than Wolf Waro normally. So if you can concussion bomb Wolf Waro on its own, I mean, Wolf Waro on its own might be worth a look, but... Uh, Especially if you have a concussion bomb that you can you can nail it with. <laughs> okay, so so there you basically modeled uh, Wolfraro with one less health, but with an uptime on his ability at a hundred percent. Exactly, and actually, I think this actually um, 
the the wolf world normally probably overestimates how often he gets the ability just because sometimes you know the game doesn't end well sometimes the game ends on time and he just never yeah. gets mm. you know uh, uh his ability off but uh yeah so so but wolf world where he has one less health in 100 percent of time uh, is is actually pretty good as well cool okay let's uh let's move on to empire i hope it that you're taking notes here oh i'm taking notes. <laughs> Great. Let's move on to Empire. All right. So Empire. Tell, tell, tell uh, me something good about my Phantoms. Well, I, I have some bad. Well, actually, uh, <laughs> so the Mdart Hex Pilot is still around nine percent, but uh, it's it's pretty far down on the list. Yeah, okay. uh, guess what's number one? Still Sloan. Uh, no matter where you put it, yeah. <laughs> like uh, Sloan with uh, Faroff is at uh, so is valued at uh, almost nineteen percent more efficient. Oh, that's great. And uh, Sloan just on an Omicron is uh, about 17%. And I'm pretty sure, so let me just uh, quickly look at where the Omicron pilot is. Uh, yeah, Omicron's basically worth its points, actually slightly uh, less than its points. So basically Sloan's about 11 points under cost, even, even today, is what the model's saying. So yeah, uh, Sloan's really good. Okay, if you step out, if you step outside your model, do you think anybody would pay, uh, you know, like 20, 21 points for Sloan? Yeah, so it's definitely not. It wouldn't be competitive, right? Uh, but on a casual table, you know, against like you know on, on a on a on a game night table, you know, with with some casual players, it'd probably be pretty fair at that at that point. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what what we are assuming here is that if people would pay 21 points more for Sloan if all the other things was also nerfed down so they matched the model. So everything exactly. would be more expensive. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sense. some things would be cheaper, but yeah, you're, you're, you're exactly right. So oh, this yeah. is, yeah, so it, it very roughly benchmarks against the uh, the Academy pilot at 23 points. So before it's, uh, it's, it's buffs. Um, it's not exactly that way because it kind of splits, it, it kind of uh, is benchmarked in three different ways, uh, which I think might be a little too complicated to talk about, but um, mm. it's, uh, it's, you can roughly think about it as a, as a 23 point Academy pilot or a 40, I think 42 point uh, Blue Squadron X Wing. Okay. And, and Farof is the best carrier? Uh, yeah, Farof is slightly better uh, than, than the Omicron Group pilot. And uh, that kind of makes sense because I think Faroff is a, a little bit tankier, and uh, Sloan yeah. is a, a really strong offensive buff. So you want this on somebody who's really tanky. Yeah. Cool. Okay. What uh, else do we have in Empire? So over there, I assume yeah. we have the aggressors. Uh, aggressor is really high, uh, but actually, uh, it's number. So if Sloan is one, then it's I think number five on the list. Uh, number two is actually the Saber Squadron Ace, TIE Interceptor, Initiative 4. Oh, okay. Would represent. Cool. Yeah, it actually thinks it's uh, it's like 16% more efficient than average, so it might actually be worth a, a really strong look. Uh, number three on the list is uh, Vader with Hate. Uh, so the model really likes Hate, and uh, it kind of likes Vader, so combine them together, and it's uh, about 13% more efficient for, uh, for wow. Vader. And uh, I'll give you a bonus for this, for this one. Uh, number four, since we talked about number five, is actually uh, Light Hand Re, uh, the reroll tie heavy with the SLC cannon <laughs> and pull upgrade. Cool. No, one's no one's flying that. 
Yeah, um, an interesting thing with Light and Dree is actually, I think I saw a couple of Light and Drees um, maybe in the in the top cut. Uh, I didn't look at it too closely, but I thought I saw some. But one of the interesting things is that uh, there's an easy way you could trigger uh, their ability, which is if you just ram a ship head on, yeah, uh, they'll almost certainly be in your side arc because it's your side arc sort of extends a little bit past the corner, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you yeah, just like ram sure. a ship head on, you can almost certainly. But no, uh, we had we had Lightendry in uh, in top sixteen, but then Nora uh, killed her. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Topically, uh, we also have in top eight. Uh, which is going on right now? We have two Sloan lists: one on Rack and one on um, on what I assume is Ferrof. It just says mm-hmm. Reaper here in this brief mm-hmm. summary that uh, my dear pink editor made for me. Yeah, very nice, very very nice. And uh, we 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 talk about this pilot as Lutten. Oh yeah, the the Swedish oh, yeah. color. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> no, but it is probably Lytton, but it sounds so Swedish. And uh, yeah. since we're Nordic people, we just call it the Swedish singer. Lytton. <laughs> Lytton. She sounds like, I mean, it, it's like if you were to buy a Reaper, uh, sorry, uh, a type root at, uh, at an Ikea, it would be called yeah. Lytton. Yeah, ah! exactly. <laughs> I just gotta get into that headspace. I see. Yeah. <laughs> True. Okay. So, uh, so that was Empire. What about Scum? All right. Let's go to Scum. Scum's got a lot of them. Uh, so my model still really likes Gurry with advanced sensors and outmaneuver. Uh, ranks it very highly, around seventeen uh, percent more efficient. Uh, but again, you know, this is probably one where it suffers a little bit more from a, a, a cheaper generic meta where there's more guns. Yeah, potentially after her. Um, also, so number two is one which I think has flown under the radar a lot, and I think is severely underrated, and people should try it. It's actually Unkar Plut in the uh, Quadrajet Transfer Space Tug. Oh. Little known fact about Unkar Plut: he doesn't quite work the same way he does in 1.0, where in 1.0 your opponent can uh, determine where he goes. In yeah. 2.0. You choose when he gets the tractor beam where he goes. So he can actually arc dodge people by ramming them, which is actually pretty cool. Cool. Yeah, yeah and you also get to choose sort of the order. Yeah. Who moves exactly. first and so on. So, yeah. Yeah, so uh, he's... Uh, he, my model has always really liked him, and, and he's um, he's one that looks uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, of course... Uh, sorry, go ahead. I've been talking very well about Unker. Because mm-hmm. I, I've actually liked this ability, but usually I'm just talked into the mud. He's so yeah. bad. He's so bad. <laughs> but I'm like, no. He's he actually really he's, good. He's yeah. actually really good. Yeah. It's probably uh, because I... the I2, people just tend to like I1 more. And mm. of course. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, true. It is it is quite meta dependent. I mean, I one yeah. especially if you have a bid is super strong on exactly. uh, on exactly. quad jumpers. Yeah, uh, but I think I think he, you know just his ability. You know the fact that you're not paying anything for it. You you know I gladly take the uh, the I two in exchange for having that ability. It's true. You can you know block, get an action, and still get mm-hmm. your tractor off. 
um, right. which is really strong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so number three and number four are pretty similar together. They are uh, Leighton Astra and Sarasu, and I've got the model with an ion cannon here. Uh, but I, I imagine uh, an auto blaster or something else would probably be pretty similar. Uh, but yeah, the sick interceptors are, are pretty uh, strong right now, and uh, these are uh, no exceptions, and uh, they're around 14 and 13% more efficient than the median ship. Yeah, and I guess the even the the standard uh, six are pretty well costed. I'm surprised Sirisu is up there. I would say, but um, because she does cost a lot of points. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just even even just being able to have her ability on her on herself is uh, is pretty nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. Okay, the resistance. All right, resistance. This one's pretty fun. So number one is Temin Wexley, the new one. And fun, yeah, fun fact about him. Uh, so basically, you know, some people look at his ability and they're like, oh, you know, Temin Wexley uh, just lets you flip your S foils. My S foils are going to be open most of the time anyway. It doesn't really matter. But actually, what he does is he gives you your ship's free calculates at the cost of a strain. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's basically like a mini Hellrunner, except he has a way larger area of effect. And, you know, you sometimes take a strain, which is not super bad. It's, it's not too bad. So instead of just having a single modded attack, you can take target locks and then have a, you know, target lock and a calculate. Uh, so he's basically he's he's insane. He's around fifteen percent. Yeah, I would figure he is pretty good. Uh, you need to build very hard around him. Like he's not just an efficiency piece you throw in with any random list and expect to get anything out of him. No. But if you do build around him and and play around him, then I believe that he is actually pretty good. Yeah, I will say too that he's actually um, even if you take away his ally buffs, he's still pretty strong. And uh, right now in the Natty's tournament, uh, you know, I'm obviously not doing that well, but I'm running him just with Poe, uh, Overdrive Poe. And you know, just with Overdrive Poe, it's uh, you know, he's he's really proven his worth, right? You can one thing that people don't realize is that you can just run over obstacles, or you can do a K turn, and you still just get a calculate. What what, what is really the valuable. timing of uh, of his ability? Uh, start of engage. Yeah. Okay, that's really good because that also means that Poe can close his wings, have full flexibility with uh, with the Poe drive, and mm -hmm. then Temin can just tell him to okay, get them open, Poe. Yeah, and I mean uh, that alone, we, even without the calculate, can be worth it because I mean I saw a stream match yesterday with an overdrive Poe that was just you know herding Kylo, uh, Kylo around. Uh, but a lot of the time, he only shot with two dice, because mm -hmm. he had to close the wings to do the barrel rolls. But if he has a Temin friend out there, then he wouldn't need that. So I yeah, think he gets that's... three dice and an extra mod. Like, how amazing yeah. is that? True. So yeah, Temin, Temin is busted. Uh, number two is actually uh, Ninum with Pattern Analyzer and Heroic. And this one was a little tricky. You know, when I first did it, it was like something ridiculous. And I tried to tweak things to try to get it down a bit. And it's still at 14%. Uh, 
but basically, you know, just the the question is basically, can you get his ability off, right? Where where you yeah. are in a position to K turn or or uh, talent roll and then and then have somebody arrange one. Uh, but if you can do that, and you know, oftentimes once you get in there, you can often do it over and over again. Uh, he just gets ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. I've flown in so much. No eyes. <laughs> he's he's stupid. I mean, a pad analyzer is undercasted and has always been. Well, he's stupid in a way that people generally just don't know how he works, and it always comes as a as a surprise when you fly him. Like mm -hmm. turning and and t rolling, yeah. Just get I mean, double double modded every time. Every, every if you round. play a, if you play against me and you put Nian on the table, then you're pretty sure that he's gonna get aggro. Because <laughs> I don't want to leave him around. No. <laughs> I mean, he is yeah. so nasty. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and the trouble is sometimes when you turn on him, you know, usually you can't kill him in one round. And then that means that next round you're probably pointing at each other, which means he probably is going to get a K turn off, and then <laughs> everything's you know, everything. And every happen. everybody's going to be sad. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, there's there's it's 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 one of those. I mean, there are just those matches where you just have to say, okay, now I'm going to have to burn down this ship, and it's not going to be nice, and I'm going to lose stuff. But if mm -hmm. I don't burn it down, I'm going to lose the game for sure. <laughs> and Nian is one of those. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and it does take some practice to run him because sometimes it does get in a situation where he just never gets his ability off and then he just dies. And, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's right? yeah. yeah. Okay, so number three is actually Poe, uh, the normal Poe um, with R4 Astromech and Heroic. Uh, the latest round of buffs have been really nice to him and uh, he's now sitting at about 13% uh, more efficient. Than, uh, how, how, have you modeled him with Overdrive? Yeah, it's actually uh, my model doesn't really like overdrive that much. Uh, so it's it basically says overdrive is roughly fair on him, uh, around eleven percent. Uh, but you know, it's still still not you know probably not a bad option. And uh, I will say that from my experience, you know, uh, overdrive is really nice, but it is also you know eight points, and eight points is a lot, right? Uh, so I haven't flown him that much, yeah. but just, just and, and, and then on top of that, you probably also need a bit. Yeah, you so need a bit. And, and the other, the other big thing about overdrive is I think you you probably need backward tail slide on it. And the reason I say that is that you know there's a traditional way of countering arc dodgers, which is that you you form this asteroid corridor, right, mm. and you try to like lure your, your the arc dodger into it, and then once it's in the asteroid corridor, its options are kind of limited, right? And uh, overdrive, you know, there there are you, you you can you know you can change the order of how you do things to try to get around that, but it does make it a little bit more awkward if you're in this asteroid. True. So backward tail, you might have to also have to get backward tail slide, and uh, you know, it just gets it just gets more and more expensive. So it's it is I think it's I think it's definitely not a bad option, but it you know the model uh, is skeptical of it. Okay. True. So one thing about the uh, Republic. How bad is the fireball? Uh, resistance, sorry. How bad is the fireball? Kisti's I mean, <laughs> um, driving an agenda here, but uh, yeah, I'm mean, also I've, interested I've, to know. I've been saying the fireball has been bad from the beginning. <laughs> so, how bad is it? How, how corrupt am I? Let me actually see where the generic fireball is. I think 
let's see. So the generic fireball, actually, right now, it's it's not. It's saying it's fair, so it's uh, it's at the median, uh, which is surprising. I thought it would have been a lot higher, just because the uh, uh, the torrent at twenty five is really good, uh, but I guess at twenty six, it's it's not as good. Uh, the the one thing is uh, Kazu. It actually kind of likes Kazu with heroic and R five astromech. It actually thinks it's about 8.4% uh, more efficient. What about Jaeger? Uh, Jaeger sucks. <laughs> uh, okay, Jaeger is actually right around the median as well with, uh, with Heroic. So, yeah, it, it doesn't like Jaeger that much. Interesting. So, yeah, we, we, gotta, we, got, we gotta have to get back to those torrents, though. But, uh, <laughs> but let's do first order first. <laughs> All right, let's do first order. All right, so first order, uh, the top one was one that's always surprised me, and I've had to like even try it out just to see what's going on. But it really likes supernatural Kylo. Uh, I think it's around like uh, nineteen percent more efficient. Uh, now the trouble with supernatural Kylo, and uh, it did seem to do pretty well at the, uh, although it seems to have gotten knocked out, but it seemed to do pretty well uh, in this most recent uh, tournament. Mm -hmm. uh, but the problem with Kylo is that uh, he probably suffers the most from the time limit, right? So if, yeah. if it was infinite time, uh, Super Natural Kylo would probably be busted. Uh, but he, unlike Guri, uh, he doesn't actually hit that hard. And so he really runs into a situation where you pretty much have to be perfect just because you're not going to get a lot of shots. You know, you're not going to have a chance to kill stuff that much. And uh, in the runs I've tried, you know, where I tried him, it's always gone down to, like, you know, on the last round, uh, I'm slightly ahead on points, and then I do a bad maneuver with whoever his friend is, and I, I get them killed, and I lose, mm -hmm. right? So it's definitely competitive, even against some good lists, but um, it's definitely one that probably uh, gets, you know, the model doesn't consider the time limit specifically, so uh, it's probably the one that, that suffers the most from that. Yeah, I would say that and the increasing list size mm -hmm. that you're like. Yeah, that's really well. I mean, because there comes a point where there's so many arcs that you're not going to dodge all of them. And if that happens frequently enough, then eventually you're going to get hit, no matter how yeah. mm -hmm. defensive you are. And uh, Supernatural, if, if you need to use that every round, then that essentially takes up your entire force. I mean, you regen one force every mm -hmm. round, blah, 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 and then you have to be like a normal ship the rest of the time when you when you shoot. Yeah. Exactly. And the model does account for that. It does uh, It does know that when you use Supernatural, you're, you're probably not getting a force mod. Mm. So yeah, actually, uh, Kylo, uh, Kylo is just overall pretty efficient. Um, and uh, you know, behind Supernatural, it also really likes Kylo with hate. And Kylo itself is actually still pretty good at 10%, so he's just a, a pretty good option. Or first order in general. Okay, so, so one, um, two, three is Kylo. Is that what you're saying? Uh, one, two, three, and six are all Kylo. <laughs> Different variations of Kylo. Supreme <laughs> yeah. leader, indeed. Okay, yeah. what else do we do? We do we have up there? Is do we see uh, any so of the, the side shuttles? Yeah, so Gideon in the side shuttle um, is really strong. So he's number. You know, if we lump all the Kylos together, he's number two. Um, and then Scorch in the uh, TIFO is uh, number three. Yeah. I would suspect you also have the the sort of generic Epsilon Squadron Cadet pretty high. 
Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's pretty high as well, around like nine uh, percent uh, more efficient. Uh, also, you know, the first order provocateur it really likes, and uh, Lahuse with the gunner is also uh, mm. is also pretty. Good. That makes sense. All right, all right. Okay. So I guess Republic. Yeah, let's go for Republic. So. Uh, right now, uh, Republic, uh, the ones that the model really likes are sort of the lesser known Jedi, uh, either their CLT or their 7B configurations. Uh, but they're basically Ahsoka Tano, uh, yeah. Lumi, Ceci, and actually the generic Jedi with 7B is also really strong. So uh, any combination of those are all very good, uh, anywhere from 15 to 11%. What is okay. Sate's ability? He's the one that has the, uh, you can flip your dial to an, another one oh, of the same yeah. speed and color. It's the one that looks very good on paper. Yeah, actually, um, I before some of the uh, nerfs came in, I actually ran a, a Lumi, Sate, and Mace list. Um, yeah. A little bit different than the one that won the, uh, uh, you know, the, one of them did really well in a tournament. I think it either won it or took top two, but uh, that one had like R2 Astromech, which was you know very strong on these ships uh, back then. Mm -hmm. uh, but I had it with uh, R4 Astromech and um, uh, the 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 debris cloud thing, the spare parts canister, mm -hmm. and uh, that was just more fun. And uh, you know back then, Stacey's ability also worked with R4 Astromech, and so you know you could do all sorts of things with it. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, even even without that, I think it could still be you know pretty useful um, in some cases. Cool, but I'm not surprised about Lumi and uh, and Ahsoka at least. No, mm -hmm. Ahsoka probably has the best ability out of all the Aether spreads, I think. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, outside of that, uh, you know, I'd say like you know, um, Anakin and the Naboo Starfighter. So my model has always had a hard time with yes. torpedoes. And it never seems to like torpedoes, but uh, the naked Anakin at least is pretty strong. And so, if you want to say that torpedoes are better in real life than the model thinks, then you know probably with the torpedoes is also pretty strong. Um, Barris is still pretty strong. Uh, the Y wings are still pretty strong. You know, with dorsal turret, and uh, uh, the Arc One Seventy is still pretty strong. And uh, it seems like nowadays the uh, um, oddball in the Torrent is actually not a terrible option either. Which, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> a surprise. All right, how are you looking at the sort of generic torrent? Because I mean, we've been discussing these sort of base ships a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Where you have in the the first order, you have the the Tyvo for twenty five points, and mm -hmm. in the Scum faction, you have the M three A for twenty five points, and then for some mm -hmm. reason, the Republic gets the Gold Squadron Trooper for twenty five points, and yeah. it doesn't really seem correct in some way i don't know yeah and uh i think at one point the gold squadron trooper was one of the you know most efficient ships in the game uh or maybe it was around 10 percent or something but it was really really strong maybe it was around 10 or 15 percent uh so one thing that the model does that it's a little bit weird um so this i kind of alluded to earlier but it actually benchmarks against uh three values of efficiency and so basically, it, it benchmarks against a pure jousting value where arc dodging doesn't matter. It benchmarks against uh, jousting value where arc dodging does matter. And then it benchmarks against a rough measure of just like one-on-one -on -one efficiency. And most of it is weighted on the, uh, on the middle one. 
Uh, but you know, some of the way you know is still on the jousting, and a bit of the weight is on the one v one. And uh, what's happened recently is that the the median ship has gotten cheaper, uh, especially in the jousting uh, pure jousting valley component. So because of that. Uh, now you know it's it's gotten enough that usually it, it doesn't move it very much, but it's it's gotten to the point where it seems to have moved it, so that now uh, the gold squadron trooper doesn't look as juicy in comparison. Uh, but yeah, even still, it's around five percent more efficient, and it used to be higher. Okay. Okay. Yeah. How does it how does it look at the lats? <clears throat> Uh, it does not like the lats at all. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of these. So, so Warhog, the one that um, lets your ships not get initiative killed, that one's the best one. Uh, but that one's yeah. roughly fair. And the rest of them are not very good. Because I would think that the... Again, it's like this This looks good, good on paper. I would think the, the chassis ability of the lats would be extremely strong. When modeled, the chassis ability is extremely strong. Uh, it's just that you know, there's the the rest of the ship is not is not amazing, and so you know, it's just you're paying too many points uh, for what you're getting. Yeah, so is what it seems to be. And to be fair, I, I think I, I I don't quite I sort of slightly underrate the chassis ability uh, because I, I the model kind of assumes that you have to commit which ships that you use it on. Um, so basically you kind of have to, you know, you only get it on two ships, whereas in real life you can choose after you roll. And so you can potentially get the benefit on multiple ships, you know, more than two ships. Mm. Um, but you know, I, I, even, even with that, it's probably, you know, it's, I think, uh, FFG was a little too conservative on how they priced this. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, uh, I think if, if the lot had existed in... You know, back in the days of where aces were still very much running everything, yeah. Uh, then two aces and a lot would have been ridiculously dominant because you had these high offense aces that suddenly mm -hmm. also, you know, didn't even need to use their target locks and could use that action for something more defensive, perhaps, or yeah, or something like that. Uh, so, I think. The, lat, the the value of the lat sh uh, chassis ability actually goes down the more ships you have because if you only mm -hmm. have like if you're only supporting two aces then it's pretty much half of your significant firepower that gets two rerolls every turn mm -hmm. whereas if you're supporting like uh, I don't know five uh, gold squadron troopers then you're only really getting like one of a uh, uh, you know, twenty percent of uh, probably two dice gun uh, mm -hmm. that gets the benefit every turn. So, yeah, I still think sure. lot and two aces are going to be a thing at some point. But I agree that they are probably a bit overcosted, mm -hmm. like five points or something to that effect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, meta de depending. Very meta depending. Always. Like always, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, separatists next. Yeah, so this is the last one. And, um, so number one on this one are the bombardment drones with proximines. 
Uh, so those are the hyena bombers, which are, you know, even the generics again are, are you know, pretty efficient, although they also like the, uh, like the others, uh, like the uh, Torrens, they suffered a bit uh, in comparison, you know, after these recent generic buffs. Uh, but the bombardment drones with prox mines are really strong. And basically, one of the things that uh, the model doesn't capture that easily, but, um, you know, when I put it in, it's almost always been true, is just that um, if you can sort of, you know, launch your bombs or mines forward, or if you, um, well, I mean, so trajectory sim is obviously pretty expensive, but here, you know, it, it's like, you know, it's, it's extremely strong. And uh, ships that have rear arcs, also do really, really well with mines, especially with the, or mines and bombs, you know, especially with the uh, more recent buffs. And the basic, the basic rule of thumb is that if, if you don't have to give up your shot to like drop your mines on somebody pretty reliably, uh, so basically anything with a rear arc, for example, can do that pretty straightforward, uh, then, you know, at four or five points for an extra, you know, basically what's an extra attack uh, is just <laughs> insane value. The bombardment drones here with prox mines uh, definitely, uh, definitely get that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's around okay. uh, the model thinks that. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying. You know, the prox mines are do roll dice, so they are sort of like an attack, but it doesn't matter who you're shooting because they are going to do damage. Defense yeah. is totally yeah. negated. Right? And if you think about it, like a three dice attack against a two agility ship, I mean, you're probably on average doing like one and a half damage or something like that, maybe two, right? And prox mines on average deals two damage. So yeah. it's literally an extra attack for four points. Yeah. Or five points, I think. True. So yeah, the model thinks that's about 17% more efficient than the baseline. Uh, <laughs> number two is unfortunate. It's the bogeyman. It's uh, Sunfac with Ensnare. Oh, yeah. 13% <laughs> more efficient. Um, and how much and more efficient? Uh, 13%. 13%. Okay, I thought you said 30 Oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, they quietly been lowering Ensnare Sunfac like the last two points updates now. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the problem with Ensnare Sunfac is always that you know, that's the that's the ship I actually want to delete from the game. Well, maybe it's Ensnare or something, but, you know, the problem with tractor mechanics like this is that it's just so swingy, right? Like, if you if Ensnare Sunfact goes up against a medium base ship or a large base ship, he's, like, you know, he's worth, like, 40 points, right? Or something like that. Yeah. But against a small small base ship, which, you know, most lists have, he's just insane value. He's, you know, he's really strong. Mm -hmm. So that's, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's frustrating... Yeah. If you put him up against like a, a small base, sort of fragile AC I five ship, yeah, that's the ideal circumstance, right? It's that mm -hmm. I five is just hmm, sorry, it's a little too little. Yeah, I'm gonna own you. Yeah, um, and uh, I, 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 you know, I think he's one of the uh, worst offenders, and uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing him actually being deleted, just because it's so hard to balance, right? And it, yeah. it just turns games into coin flips based on matchups. How are the new uh, fire sprays looking in separatists? That is a great question. Uh, I actually and, think and, I put and how in. much how much mental damage did you sustain trying to model Sam? <laughs> I might not have Sam in. Actually, let me see if I have uh, Sam. I don't have Sam. Uh, I because have... I mean, that must just be. 
Oh, wait, hang on. Hang on one second. I think... um. Maybe they're not in yet. I, I think they're supposed to be in. Um, but I might have accidentally misclassified which faction they're in. Give me one second. Uh, okay, so I did. Oh, darn it. Um, so Django Fett was about 3% more efficient with Count Buku. Uh, and then I bet... Um, Red Dam is probably something similar, but again, you you have to realize that you know these are these fire sprays work really well with bombs and mines, and bombs and mines just got buffed like crazy. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I I don't have Zam in there yet, but uh, oh, and, and especially I'll probably bombs, just model him as especially bombs are just thriving in this sort of many many ship meta. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So number three is actually in the uh, in the uh, separatist faction. It's actually very strange, and uh, I bet you'll never guess what it is if you're not cheating and looking at it. Uh, but we're not because you're looking at a sheet in a version we don't have. So, <laughs> True. Uh, I mean, if you look at the other sheet, it's probably you can probably still figure it out. But uh, yeah, it's it's actually a surprising shift. Mm, Any guesses? Me, don't tell me Gorgol is still good. Um, no, I'm going to get four, go 4 or 4. Grievous. Uh, Grievous no. is really close. Grievous is the next one. Grievous is number 4. Um, is it the Infiltrator? Is it like uh, Dooku or Maul? Uh, it is not Dooku. Uh, the model doesn't really like them, actually. Okay. It's actually... Erwer Kret. Jesus. And okay, that is, he is the, Yeah, he is the Initiative 5 Nantex. And when this first popped up, I had to double-check to make sure that it actually made sense. And it actually does kind of make sense because he's he's basically like Tally. Right? He's just an I-5 uh, right. Resistance A-Wing, basically. Yeah. Right? And 37 points for an I-5 Resistance A-Wing... It's not bad, you know. That's actually just a just a cheap flanker. You know, if your opponent tries to kill it, great to kill thirty-seven points. And if not, he can potentially line up bullseyes and just be annoying. You know, that's yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, an I five is really valuable. It's good value. Yeah. So that's uh, that's definitely one where uh, you know the model is predicting a shift that sees very little play. So I'd be interested to yeah. see if uh, that finds its way into list sometimes. Absolutely. Oh, cool. So interesting. So it interesting. Is very, very interesting. Uh, and now we got a little. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, to seeing your model complete. So, uh, so do let us mm -hmm. know when the, when that's the case. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I usually um, I usually post it on Reddit, and then I'll post it on like the you know the Fly Better podcast uh, mm -hmm. Facebook. Yeah. So yep. Keep an eye yeah. out for those. That is yeah. pretty much the. Uh, the X-Wing community Facebook group, right? That and the yeah. UK group. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, uh, let's see. What's the time? We're like 140 in or something, Gisley? Yeah, 150, yeah. 150, okay. So um, 
a slight topic change. So when we talked uh, ahead of this episode, um, uh, Bohan and I got into a long discussion and a lot of other people checked out of that chat <laughs> and came back to find like a thousand unread messages. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was great. Um, and Bohan, you had an, a need for a new feature for, for Pink Brain Matter with regards to bid analysis. Can you sort of explain what what the question you needed answered was in that? Yeah, great question. So one thing I noticed with uh, Pink Brain Matter is that before um, it would tell you the chance that your ship would move last against an entire opponent's list uh, given your bid. And so one of the troubles I had with that is that, um, you know, sometimes I just wanted my ships at an intermediate initiative to move after my opponent's ships at that initiative. So an example I can give is that uh, for my world squad, which was Kylo John Tafson, uh, Tafson has a huge swing based on whether he shoots first or second. Uh, yeah, Tafson obviously. shoots first, you know, he's um, single modded. If he shoots second, he could potentially gets shot, get double mods and and shoot back and hit really hard. And so it was really hard to answer the question of, let's say I just cared about initiative three, you know, maybe I'm against, um, you know, a list that has initiative three and initiative six ships. Uh, so maybe some, you know, like, um, you know, like the Republic arcs and, uh, and Anakin, right? Mm -hmm. And okay, I know I'm, I know Tabson's never gonna, uh, move after Anakin, but can I at least move after the Arcs? Right? Or, you know, it doesn't have to be my Calcutta-Tapson list, but it could be like, you know, let's say a, a, a list with I, I3 Jedi or something, right, with Ahsoka or something mm -hmm. like that, right? And so it was really hard to figure out, you know, what I should be bidding uh, in those situations. And so what I asked uh, for, you know, a new feature or a new graph was, uh, you know, given a certain initiative, let's say initiative three, uh, if you bid a certain value, how often would you move after uh, your opponent's initiative three ships, you know, assuming that they have initiative three ship? Yeah. And um, after sort of weighing it back and forth and trying to say, well, you can already see that up here and realizing that you probably couldn't, uh, I actually ended up implementing that yesterday. So, uh, so now we have a new table at the bottom of the, uh, what is it called? I think it's called bits. It's yeah. called bits. Yeah. I'm yeah. here. The, bo it. the bottom of the bits page. Uh, <clears throat> it is a little bit weird and tried to explain what it actually does, but um, I hope people get it. Um, because yeah, the, I think the, I think the mo most important thing is to know is that you can't add up across the columns. Because yeah. a list that has like initiative three and initiative six ships will be counted both in the initiative three column and the initiative six column. So you can't really just add up those two if you have like, you know, both initiative three and initiative six ship in your list too, right? Um, but basically yeah. it says how often would the bid come in handy for, uh, you know, a certain initiative uh, against at least one of your opponent ships. Yeah, yeah. It is really like, when would you not move first? Oh, so to, to some so extent. What, what you're saying, let's say if I'm flying an I-6 ship with a 5-point bit, it would actually matter in 23.58% of the time. Yeah, I, I mean, other I it, for I-6, it's not perhaps the most relevant table, but 
But oh. what it can tell you for I6 is that a lot of the time you're going to move last just by being I6. Yeah. Uh, so you got to determine if uh, if you really want the bid just for the chance when you run into other I6s with a deep bid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's also the reason that I I considered making every like every initiative sort of go to a hundred percent. So I would essentially say, in how many, and how many, how big a percentage of the times where you face initiatives of this specific initiative would you be moving last? But I didn't. Uh, so mm-hmm. instead, I baked it in also, so it also has the information on how often are you actually likely to face, for instance, an I three or an I six. Yeah. Uh, because I feel that, especially ace players, they tend to they tend to overvalue a bit. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. that the bit is not important, but it's be. like, no, I don't want to just have 90, 95% certainty. I want to have 99.99% certainty because mm-hmm. I don't ever want to move first. Mm-hmm. And you sort of have to balance <laughs> that up with the fact that in most tournaments, you're you know, like in, in Swiss, you're going to play six games. Mm-hmm. So if you have 92, 93% certainty, then that's quite unlikely to ever be a thing in Swiss Yeah, uh, that you're not moving last uh, because a lot of the time you're not even going to be facing an I6 and etc. So I always try to keep those percentages in that chart sort of also showing what is the actual meta. Yeah. Um, overall, but I think they are they're a little bit hard to read. Um, but I also think that they are potentially the most valuable feature in um, in PBM. Um, okay. So I have a question. I'm running an i5 list at one point bit. What is the sixteen point eighty nine percent? Okay, so you're looking at wave eight, all formats. Uh huh. Okay, so hit me again. You are running a what? An i five? I five with one bit, one point bit. Yeah. So this tells you, and and the and if you then look at you know i five, and just for the listener here, if you look at i five and you look at 199 list points, then it's a 16.89 percent. Mm-hmm. So what this is telling you is that in 16.89% of your matches, then that one-point bid is going to ensure that your I-5 move last. And after their, yeah, uh, yeah that they are going to move after their I-5s. And if you scroll down, you can after see their I-5s. I-5 column ends at 52%. Mm-hmm. So, and you only get like the 17%. So you can get a lot more out of your I-5 um, by bidding a bit more. Say, instead of in, instead of having a one-point bid, you had a three-point bid. You would have twice yep. as many games where you would be moving your I-5, I-5 after your opponent's I-5s and where that would matter, where that would be significant. Yeah. So if I if I may quickly jump in and, and maybe ex- try to explain it a little bit differently. So if I think it's probably most clear if you look at the two hundred for i five. So let's say you have an i five and you have no bid, 
then in about 6% of your games, your i5s will move after your opponent's i5s. Okay, so in the other games, either your opponent doesn't have any i5s or their i5s will move after yours. And obviously with no bid, that means like you're going to face i5 lists, uh, you know, lists that have an i5 uh, ship uh, that has no bid in about 12% of the games and you're going to win the flip in half. Of them. Mm-hmm. So that one's probably the most clear. And so when you go from 200, that, the zero-point bid, to that one-point bid, you're not going from 6% to 16%, uh, almost 17%. So that one-point bid means that in 11% of games, uh, now that one-point bid means that your I-5s move after your opponent's I-5s. And yeah. one clarification. Why doesn't it uh, end in at 100%? It doesn't because uh, it's not every list that you're going to face that even going to have an i5. Mm. It ends in 52% because 52% of lists Um, currently flown have an i5 in them. I see. So it's going to, the bid is actually going to matter in 52.01% of the matches because the others don't have i5s. Yeah, (laughs) there there it's going to matter sort of between you and your opponent. Um, Yeah. And then okay. you can then see the sort of spread on where do you need to be to win. Yes. And the average bit, therefore, sort of if you want to win like half the time, then it's like between two and three points. That's sort of where the split is. So anything below three points is a, considered a low bit on I5. And anything above three points is going to be considered an above average bit. Mm-hmm. And you can cool. also see if you look at how the how steeply the numbers go up that probably around uh, six points I think I would say six to seven points that's where you begin to hit the point of diminishing returns uh, where your actual the actual likelihood that spending more points will even net you a benefit begins to Mm. drop quite significantly Perhaps five points even. Now this case is awesome. But these, uh, but these numbers are—I mean—they're fully dynamic. So I load new tournaments four times a day, and uh, they are recalculated whenever there is a new tournament. Um, cool. And you can, if you use the the wave selector, the first drop-down box up there, you can see the differences between hyperspace and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. But it, they are, it is unfortunately not the easiest thing to read, but it is a sort of complicated thing to communicate. Yeah, but once you understand it, yeah, and so it becomes a really useful tool. Yeah, I considered them letting them go from zero to 100. Like, how many times am I going to win it against i5? But I th- just figured that baking this, how likely you know, how relevant is bidding at i5 even gonna be you know if other people yeah. don't all even have an i5 then it's a bit wasted right so i wanted to have that in there as well and i, I really like this method because you can actually back that out if you wanted to like you could just divide each column by the max right and then you can yeah. get that information whereas otherwise yeah. if you did it the other way then you'd have to also have a separate row for like you know how much uh how many uh what fraction of lists actually contain one of these uh shifts of that initiative. So this exactly. way actually got that, you know, got both the information uh, in less in less space. Yeah. 
So, but it 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 does get a little mathy. But I think it is it is really valuable when you when you want to determine, you know, what do I want to bid, and and then you can also see it if you just look at the lowest bid level. Uh, I mean, these tables are assuming that no people are going to bid more than thirty points. Um, it's fair, which I think is. So far, proven and a safe assumption, though there has been cases where it's been awfully close. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, Fanguri at one one seventy six, for example. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, people can do really silly things. Okay. Wow. Um, I was sort of thinking that maybe we should have a brief talk about uh, a GSP flight club. The one that is currently ongoing, but I think we're just gonna skip that for now. Yeah, uh, we are a bit in. So, uh, Gisli, uh, I've seen you removed something else from the show notes. Was that intentional? Uh, something else? Like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. So, patron news. Yep. I just want to say to all the patrons. Uh, uh, all the swag has been shipped, so nice. You should get it in the next days or week or something. What, what are we getting? Within three months. Well, you have to check the patron page. I I don't like to advertise it unless you're a patron. So. Oh, you're such a good good boy, good boy. Okay. Um, well, it it's a card and it's a acrylic. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> okay, I'm just excited. I mean, I'm still a patron. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Ed, uh, do you want to do um, a fun fact of X-Wing? Is there any fun facts at this point in time? I have a fact. Might not be oh, fun. It's just a fact. <laughs> it's not fun. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm always thinking about the evolution of the game and regarding build the power creep of ships and sort of like inflation of shenanigans and um, uh, and and when the factions were split and the spread of the ships and how they're you know unevenly spread or the options to list build this uh, unevenly, uh, unevenly spread. And that's where I noticed one thing. So here is the question for you guys. If you think about it in the most basic game mechanics, goggles, you can. So if you put on a pair of goggles and looking at, at X-Wing at the most basic, basic level, what, um, what do the factions, Galactic Republic and the Resistance have in common? The Galactic uh, Republic and and Resistance. Yeah, they 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 both have a Y wing. They don't have a Y wing. There's no Resistance yeah. Y wing. Oh no, sorry, Resistance. Oh, I was thinking Republic. Sorry. Okay, they both have an A wing, and the and an X wing. Ah, uh, no. They both the only Republic. have one I six. Yeah. No, I mean technically speaking. Uh, technically, the second I Republic in Resistance, right? Yeah, yeah and like there's also there's also like 
I don't know how many Anakins there is anymore. Sorry, Jan, what was that? I was just commenting that there are a lot of I-6s in Republic that just all call Anakin. Um, (laughs) No, I would say that they probably have the highest average of uh, ships to chassis, or pilots to chassis. That would be my guess. Wait, how to are you forgetting? Exactly are you forgetting the Tie Fighter? No, have. I said average across the faction, because oh, there okay. are the Tie Fighters, but then again, there's only three decimators. Oh, true. Okay. It might help to think about it as not a, a not like what they have, but what they don't have. I class have anti. Oh. What are they missing? Well, they don't have any series. They only have second grade crew carriers. No, they don't. I don't know. The re- the, the Republic doesn't have a large base ship, does it? But the Resistance do, does. Yeah. The Resistance doesn't have a medium base ship, though, does it? Bing, 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 bing. So they're, they're, they're both missing a ship. A size. whole base size. Base size. Yeah. yeah. That is I finally got one right. Yeah, you did. The Republic does not have a large base ship, and the Resistance does not have a medium base ship. All the other factions do. Interesting. The Republic has like two decent options for free dice guns, and one of them is extremely expensive. Hmm. <laughs> All right, guys. That You're pretty good. <laughs> Ula Squadron fun fact of X-wing for the show. I'd kind of say that was a fun fact. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give, fact. I'll give you a fun point for that one. Yeah. Can we do an honorable mention to the poor people in First Order who don't have a way to deploy a bomb? <laughs> so sad. I mean, of, of the sort of basic uh, upgrade types, yeah. I'm not, I'm not yeah. counting tech because that has something to do with how the timeline evolves, right? But, but the yeah. rest of them, then I think. That uh, first order doesn't have bombs. Republic I think doesn't bombs have are cannons. Very, yeah, I think I think bombs are very un first orderly as a mechanic overall. What are you talking about? They're a terror weapon. They fits perfectly. Yeah. Oh, that was thematically. Yeah. And besides, if Wolfaro gets to be broken by being concussion bombed in the first round, why can't Rush get the same? Justice for Rush. Okay. Yeah. Just, just a thought. Star Killer Base. Did it shoot out a bomb or a or a torpedo? When? Neither. Um. It was like a oh, the actual base. Oh, yeah. yeah. The actual it, base. No, it was it was a hyper beam weapon. Yeah, I mean, it's like a yeah. I, I'd call. But it wasn't. It wasn't a beam. Sure, it was. Sure, it was. Oh, it, it was more like a bullet. Like so no, no, it was just a beam that was able to navigate and change direction mid-flight. It was a, <laughs> a pulse weapon. Sorry? It was a pulse weapon. It's, it's a new thing. It was just a thought, I mean, about the bombs. Smart cat. But we actually have, in canon, there is uh, Thai First Order bombers. You see them yeah. in uh, the Resistance show. They're like really weird, and they're solar panel things 
are sort of inverted. They sort of stick out instead of sticking in. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. But they're quite cool. So um, we'll get them at some time, and then Rush will be really good. Depends on how the panel will go, the AMG stream. (laughs) Ah. I would say that, I mean, again, coming back to that, I think that everything that's going to come out in 2021 has already been, if not finished, then at least started. Yeah. And planned. Um, I, I, I saw a great post from Ryan Farmer from Fly Better about that stream. Just keep it civilized. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, th- this is a this is a new thing yeah. within this company. Let's not like shake them off right no. in the beginning. Let, let's let's try to give them the illusion that the X Wing community is actually as great as it is. Yeah. Uh, and we're not just <laughs> bastards that are just annoying them. Um, I mean, Gold Squadron sent them a Valentine's card. Yeah, <laughs> some some gift basket. Yeah. Okay. It's lovely. Anyway, uh, so shout outs, yeah, I guess. I think. We... Yeah. So, uh, Bohan, you're the guest. You start. All right. Yeah, I think uh, the biggest shout outs go off to Gold Squadron uh, podcast and all the judges who. Uh, all these uh, online events and also you know everybody else who, who organizes the, uh, these online events and uh, keeps the X-Wing community going during the pandemic. You know, I think they deserve the biggest shout outs for you know putting in the work and uh, and uh, you know organizing these events and certainly you know the local PTL group here in Toronto and uh, you know uh, Andrew Durham is part of uh, the Natty's uh, group and uh, you know all those people who run these things and uh, you know give us something to talk about. Oh yeah. True. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna echo that. Mm. That's. Uh, Jan. Yeah. Uh, well, big shout out to you, Bohan, for for coming on. Uh, really happy for that. And thank you thank for you. your great idea of improving PPM. I have a, I've been a bit lazy in implementing new features for for quite a while. So um, it was good to get back and. Uh, it actually didn't take as long as I feared that uh, initiative code. I mean, if you think the table is complex, you should see the code behind it. It's horrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I want to do a shout out to uh, Andre Lin, uh, the creator of uh, LaunchBay Next, who recently yeah. launched uh, a web version of, uh, of LaunchBay Next, which is absolutely awesome. Um, yeah. So now you can actually, it's actually feasible. He had a web version before, but it was a bit, uh, shall we say, scruffy looking. I mean, I guess yeah. that's a halfway compliment in the Star Wars universe. Uh, so, uh, but but it is it is gorgeous now. It is super efficient as a web builder as well. And now you can have your squats across your mobile app and your sort of big screen web browser experience. Don't try to use the web version on your phone. It's That's not going to make you happy. Uh, for that, you have the app. But uh, but if you are on a, on a proper PC or whatever, then uh, then then try it out. It's uh, it's really good. Nice. Cool, Ed. Yeah, um, I want to shout out Devon, who organized the, our league, and uh, they just finished uh, round three today. So. As a content creator in Iceland, he gets a little shout out. 
And next shout out is to Nicholas Gott Nielsen, who is currently playing top four. World Squad thing. Which is exciting. I'm cheating. I have my iPad on iPad on with the gold squad thing. <laughs> oh, is, 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 is he like, cheating oh. or are you cheating? No, 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 I'm no, cheating. no. I'm cheating. I'm I'm looking at it. Ah, I see. Podcast. Um so um and No Nicholas wouldn't cheat. He's too nice to cheat. No, I was I was I was kidding actually. He doesn't need to cheat to beat you, to <laughs> be honest. He doesn't need to cheat. Oh, yeah. That's true. He's a little player. So and uh, I will shout out to Jesper. I'm finished. Okay, yeah, that's me. I'm next. Okay, uh, first of all, I want to shout out uh, to Bohan for coming on to the show. It, it was, yeah, it was super, super interesting. All those talks. Uh, Thank you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I want to shout out uh, Siki, I, which I played against in the league. I have. Uh, he's a old-time X-wing player. He just kind of started again. And he absolutely smashed me. Siggy Bjarka? Yeah. Oh, awesome. He, well, he, he was playing a scum jank list against my scum jank list. And I got to say how the ending was. It was basically my Asas with, uh, with uh, Sam on. And he had a target. She had a target lock and three hole left. Against his Ketsu. Again, in one hole. So I was able to get my bonus attack before getting initiative killed. If if he would hit that well. So he shoots me, gets hit, crit, crit. I blank out and I get double weapons failure. So I only <laughs> roll one die against him with his bonus, with my bonus <laughs> attack. <laughs> That's a good one. But, so, but yeah. can can we just appreciate the fact that we have, you know, two lanchers duking it out at the end? I mean, <laughs> yeah. how often does that happen? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It was great. It was a great game. Anyways, yeah. So, Hakon, shout out. Uh, yeah, well, I think uh, shout out to, um, you know, I'll echo on, on all of this. Thank you, Bohan, very much for coming on. It's been Certainly, it's been really interesting listening to you, uh, and uh, I've actually been just listening and, and kind of silently taking a lot it all in because these are all kind of things that I hadn't been, I hadn't realized that you were doing up to the point where where we you know got to have you on the show. So uh, thank you very much for your insights. Um, regarding, I mean, this is this is this is something that you have been trying to figure out. Yeah, I, I've, I've given this a lot of thought myself, and, and I think that's what, 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 and we've had several discussions on this, so that I think that's why it, it, it's hitting quite close to, um, mm -hmm. and it's been really interesting listening to your take on it. Um, so, yeah, uh, so, yeah. Um, regarding shoutouts, I think, I guess shoutouts to everybody who's playing. Um, I'm not one of them. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll leave it there. Fantastic. So, I think this is it. I think yep. we just say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you guys Bye. all, by the way, for uh, having me on. I really appreciate talking to you guys. Fine. It was great having you. Absolutely. Great having you. Great mm -hmm. having you.
I myself and probably the rest of the world feel more stupid after hearing you explain your <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> but uh, ser seriously, I actually didn't know that uh, you are sort of educated and work as an economist. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm uh, I'm not I'm a little bit adjacent to that, but yeah, I, I am a trained economist. Great. I'm gonna have more things now. I know two economists I can talk X Wing with. It's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a there's a funny story I heard the other day. Um, it goes back to the Reagan era, uh, where uh, Reagan is has been has been is coming from Russia, and he's meeting. Well, oh, actually, Alan Greenspan is me meeting him for the first time as a as an economic advisor to the administration. Uh, and they're on the plane, and Reagan had been watching uh, some sort of uh, parade going on, probably on the streets of Moscow. And 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 uh, Greenspan gets uh, escorted into a meeting room on board the the Air Force One plane, and meets Reagan and and he's introduced as you know the new economist for for the as an economical advisor and Reagan says oh oh, oh interesting I was uh I was actually at this parade and uh you know the first thing I saw was thousands of troops marching down the street and then after that came a whole bunch of artillery and tank and then some ICBM launchers uh and then there were three men at the very back of the parade. And so I asked, who are those three men? Are those the generals? And the answer was no, those are the economists. They do the most damage. <laughs> <laughs> and then Reagan said, nice to meet you. And uh, he was escorted back out. <laughs> but he did become a figure of importance in the US. So uh, I guess uh, it it's uh, it's time for you to do the tradition. Bye 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 bye. It's only getting worse. <laughs> Yeah, but no, uh, Bohan, if you're still here, um, we, uh, I actually had a uh, Hokon hooked me up with an economist friend. Oh, cool! Uh, and but but that was for discussing. We used oh, what's it? What is it called? The Hoffman something index. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah the HGI, yes. We we yeah, right? I I tried to use that to. Uh, so it's sort of like a, a calculation that you that the U.S. and the EU use for uh, judging whether two firms can be allowed to merge or whether they will have too much monopoly. So I tried to use that on lists to see if <laughs> yeah. it detects. I mean, that's uh, pretty hard. It. I mean, it turns out that there's a lot more variety in the X-wing. There is in business. Yes, that's actually <laughs> something that I've uh, given a lot of thought to. Um, 
uh, actually with my X-Wing buddy, Mark, uh, you know, what is an archetype? And I'll, I'll give you an example, right? I'll give you yeah. an example. Oh, we have, we have, we've been so oh. trying to find that out. Yeah, I'd love to hear your take on it, though. Yeah. Dude. Well, I'm, I think, I think the trouble is I just, yeah, I, I just don't know how useful it is 